Fraud Alert Radio. I don't even know if that's the original version of Centerfield. I think that may have been covered by someone. But I grabbed it off YouTube, and that's what I get. Anyway, welcome to Poker Fraud Alert Radio, the Drop and Friends show. Today, September 10th, 2013. And number of things to talk about this week. Last week, we had kind of a light agenda. Even the week before. This week, some interesting poker news to talk about. 
interesting poker news surrounding some thefts, some malware installed probably on laptops, scandals at uh, a poker star's event, money being stolen off of a European poker site from an American player. Separate incident from what I was just talking about. A lot of stuff to talk about this week. So we'll get to it all tonight. And when I say we, I might mean me, because right now, we do not have a co-host for this show. Last few weeks it's just been me, but that's okay. I am ready and willing to do this show by myself whenever I have to, and this week might be another one of those weeks. But if you are one of the co-hosts I've had before, or somebody who would like to try out co-hosting and just want to do it on the fly, then give me a call up on Skype or let me know in the chat room or whatever. Uh, Speaking of the chat room, if you're new to this show, the main way people interact with me during the show is in the chat room. There are some people who call, and I always like getting phone calls, and I'll give out the phone number in a second, but the main interaction takes place in the chat room. Sadly... I cannot read everything in the chat room when I do the show myself, because there's a lot to do. I have to speak, I have to think about what I want to say, um, I have to run the show technically, so it is not easy to do the show and read the chat room. I try. So, I may see what you type in the chat room, I may not. Try to glance at it every so often, but if I'm not responding to you, you can always call in. And that leads me to my next point. If you want to call in, the phone numbers are... 775-FRAUD-55 ID or the call will not get through. 775-FRAUD-55 Now you can also call the Mount Charleston line. That is an old 70s telephone sitting on top of Mount Charleston, which is about 45 minutes away from Las Vegas. It is a mountain you can actually ski on during the winter, and that is where that phone is located. That phone number is 702-430-1808. 702-430-1808 If you forget those numbers, you can always go check the thread in the Flying Stupidity Forum for this particular radio show, and you will see those phone numbers up there this week and every other week. So, those are the numbers, and if you do call and I don't answer, it doesn't mean I'm ignoring you. It means that... Well, it means I am ignoring you, but it means I'm ignoring you for good reason. Because I'm in the middle of something, I'm in the middle of a thought, middle of a rant, middle of something I do not want to interrupt. So just try back a bit later. Hammering me like a hundred times in a row is not going to make me answer any more. In fact, it'll make me answer less because it'll piss me off. We have a free roll this week. And uh, in fact, it's $5 more than I originally posted, thanks to a mathematics error on my part. Now, I was always kind of a math guy growing up, but um, I screwed up this time with basic arithmetic. So, um, hmm. Now I don't know what to do. See, I posted the wrong amount, and now, now I don't know what to do. Because uh, we got Bad Guy 23 who was donating 2277 but I put it down as 1677 because I couldn't do math. And that made our total prize pool at the time 4177 but it was really 4677 Or sorry, 4777 So then someone said, I'll add 823 to make it an even 50, but. Now you don't need to add A23 to make it an even 50. I don't know what to do. So, okay, this is what I'll do. Um, I'll just take the donations as they're said. So it'll be 55 this week. 
Plus, we have $5 for last place donated by Seriously Serious. So, Seriously Serious is donating $5 for last place. And here are the rest of the prizes. It will be first, $25. Second will be $15. Third will be $10. Fourth will be $5. 25 15 10 and 5 And last place, $5, whatever that is. The way we will know what last place is, is look how many entries there are as of 7.40 when the tournament starts and there's no more registration. Whoever goes out first will get $5, courtesy of Seriously Serious. The other money, $22.77 coming from Bad Guy, $25 coming from Donkey Killa, and uh, apparently $8.23 coming from Rolo Tomasi. Thank you to all you guys for donating that money for the $55 plus 5 for last place free roll. It's on the No Fraud Online Poker Room. You need to go to the top of the screen, click on No Fraud Online Poker, and uh, it's a totally free poker site. Free money, free chips, but you don't even need chips to enter this free roll. You just need a registered account on the poker site, which is different than the form. You need to make a separate account on the poker site, and once you have a registered account, you can play. The only restriction is to get the free money, which I will pay you in any any way you like. PayPal, cash, whatever. It's really a cash free roll. But to qualify for the free money that I will send you, you need a registered account on Poker Fraud Alert Forum, not the poker site, but the forum, by January 1st, 2013. If you do not have a registered account on the Poker Fraud Alert Forum by January 1st, 2013, you must send me an email. Dandruff at PokerFraudAlert.com Exactly as it sounds, no spaces, no underscores, nothing like that. Just Dandruff at PokerFraudAlert.com And tell me how long you've been listening, how long you've been reading the forum, tell me some things you've liked, other things you've noticed or don't like, and convince me you've been around and did not just show up this week or last week. And I will give you a lifetime exception to qualify for the free roll despite not having that registration date of January 1st or before. You can also PM me, Dan Space Druff, on the forum. You have to do this before the free roll starts, which is in 16 minutes. If you do not do that, you will not get the exception for this week. It'll start next week. Make that disclaimer every time, but it's important, because one thing I don't want to do is give away money to anybody who's just here to play for the money. I want people who are really part of this community. And you don't have to post anything You don't have to ever interact But you at least have to be here And listen every week And not just be here for the money Poker Fraud Alert has given away more money In our radio free rolls Than any poker podcast on earth I'll go as far to say We've given away more money In our free rolls Than any poker podcast in the universe I'll go as far as say that, and I, I dare anyone to prove me wrong. Now, the money did not come from me. It came from our users. I listed them this week, Bad Guy 23 Donkey Killer, Rollo Tomasi, and Seriously Serious. And this shows you how our users can come together, because, you know, Seriously Serious and Bad Guy 23 don't like each other, but here they're donating for the same free roll. And I appreciate that. And the users appreciate it, and it's very nice every week having this money to give, to give away. The free roll starts at 7.40, it's No Limit Hold'em. The date on the thread is wrong, it's actually today, not a week ago. Didn't change it. The prize pool on the thread is wrong, but I'll I'll get all that fixed. But not right now. 
Starts 7.40 sharp Pacific time, though, so don't be late. Here's the agenda tonight. Poker players were victimized at the Barcelona Arts Hotel in Portugal during the Poker Stars EPT event there, the European Poker Tour. Poker Stars had a big event there, and players were victimized badly. How were they victimized? Their rooms were broken into, and their laptops were tampered with. An unbelievable story, and not only does it appear to be an inside job, but Poker Stars really dropped the ball in how they handled it. And I will talk about that. We will give an update about Eric Ryland and Laughlin. Remember last week, Eric Ryland talked about his success with women in the city of Las Vegas, how he meets women very easily, partially because of his height. He's six foot seven, But that uh, after initially attracting them by his height, he actually convinces a lot of these attractive girls in Las Vegas to quit their low-paying jobs and join the wonderful world of webcam stripping. They become cam whores, basically. And he teaches them how they can make the most money as a cam whore. And I guess they feel indebted to him and give him money in return. <laughs> He's like a cam pimp. But in addition to that, uh, one of the girls he turned into doing this uh, lives in Laughlin, or by Laughlin, in uh, Bullhead City. Laughlin, for those of you that don't know, is kind of a poor man's Vegas. It's by a river, about 90 miles southeast of Vegas. It is in Nevada, but it's right on the Arizona border. So most of the people who live over there actually live across the river in Arizona in a place called uh, Bullhead City. So she lived in Bullhead City, and Eric went down there to spend a few days with her in a hotel in Laughlin. And hopefully he will call in about this, but if he doesn't, I will read what he had to say about how everything went down there, and I'll give my opinion. But he really did what he said he would do last week, so we have to give an update, of course. Speaking of updates, Full Tilt Poker, September 16th is the magical date that is supposedly the date, well, not supposedly, I mean, it is the date that you will be able to first apply to get your money back if you are a U.S. player with money stuck on Full Tilt, which has probably been stuck there for almost two and a half years now. Now, you will not get the money back on September 16th. It's about a two-month window to apply for it, and then you have to wait for Garden City Group, which is the administrator for the Full Tilt repayment process. You have to wait for them to process it. So I think you'll still be waiting some time, but it's it's really the first meaningful step where you'll actually be applying to get your money back. That'll be on September 16th. By the time this radio show broadcasts again, it will be underway. But you will not have missed it because it'll only be the second day and you'll have like two months to get it done. But make sure to get it done in that window, starting September 16th. But that's not the main thing I'm going to talk about with Full Tilt. An email leaked out, supposedly from someone at Garden City Group, that... Full Tilt Red Pros I'm not talking about the current Red Pros But the ones that were Red Pros at the time of Black Friday And affiliates And any vendors That is any company that uh, provided services to Full Tilt And got paid in Full Tilt money Anyone like that Is not eligible for repayment From the US government When When I say they're not eligible I don't mean that they won't get paid for their services The rumor is they won't get paid at all They just cannot apply like the rest of us can, on September 16th. This is not confirmed, but I'm going to read the email, and I'm going to give you my opinion on whether this is a real email, whether it's a hoax, and what it means, and what I think about the whole thing. 
Another big thing happening on September 16th. It's a big week. A big day, actually. Not just a big week. Supposedly, and this is again not confirmed, and I, I've reported on the show before about this erroneously, so I'll have egg on my face a second time if I'm wrong, but supposedly WorldSeriesOfPoker.com, WSOP.com, is going to launch their real money games. It'll be the second legal poker site in the U.S. that'll also happen on September 16th, supposedly. It has not been promised yet in any way. That's a rumor that September 16th is the day it will happen. I announced on this show that it would happen within 7 to 10 days, and this is like several months ago, and not only was I wrong, Seth Polanski, the guy who, uh, the media relations guy at the World Series of Poker, actually humiliated me on the World Series of Poker conference call for the 2013 World Series of Poker, the media conference call. Uh, he actually said on the conference call, let me play what he said. You're not going to believe this. Someone actually recorded what he said about me and my statement about WSOP.com. And I, I got a copy of it for the first time. And uh, it's pretty embarrassing. This, this is what he had to say about it. Okay, that's not what he said. But uh, what he really said was, even the, despite what Todd Wittellis said, no, we are not launching before the World Series. <laughs> so he, he mentioned me on the media call back before the World Series. But uh, I got this information, uh, well, it was already posted on the forum. But it was, it was from a different source than last time. So hopefully it's correct, and hopefully on September 16th, WSOP.com will be coming to Nevada, and we will talk about that. Uh, speaking of legal online poker sites in the U.S., the only one you can play on right now is Ultimate Poker. That's only for Nevada residents. Not residents, people in Nevada at the moment. doesn't matter if you're a resident or not. But I had an interesting back and forth with them on 2 plus 2. When I say them, I mean employees of Ultimate Poker. Because I, I got fed up. I, I I don't think Ultimate Poker is run by bad people necessarily, but I think that they're kind of incompetent. I think they're kind of out of touch. And I finally let, th- let them know. I, I wasn't mean or nasty about it, but I, I let them know honestly and bluntly what I really thought about all the problems they're having. And they responded to me. So I will read what I had to say. I will read their response to me. And uh, then I'll give my opinion on where I think it's going to go from here because WSOP.com, whether it comes on September 16th or not, will be coming very soon. And they'll finally have competition on Ultimate Poker and uh, I have a feeling they're going to be in trouble. BetSafe Poker. If you play on a site called BetSafe Poker, it would imply that your bets are safe. At least that's what the name would imply. Of course, that doesn't really mean your bets are any safer, but... <laughs> That's what they're naming themselves for That you, your bets are safe on BetSafe Poker Well, apparently they're not Because a long-time winning Limit Hold'em player When I say long-time, this guy goes back really, really far He claims he's a uh, a Limit Pro since the year 2000 And I believe that because I first ran into him in 2001 And he was a winning player then And he still plays Limit Hold'em for a living, living online, believe it or not Nobody really knows who he is. I mean, I know who he is, but he's totally not a known player. If I said his name, I'm not going to say his name, but if I said his name, you'd have no clue who this guy is. I I promise you, unless you're like in the Limit community and know a lot of online Limit players. Otherwise, you you would never know this guy by his real name. And he's not even that well-known under his screen names. He's just not a known player. 
He's a totally under-the-radar player. But anyway, uh, BetSafe Poker stole $5,900 from him. We will talk about that, and we will talk about what the eventual ending was to that story, because the story has ended. I will tell you whether the ending was happy or not so happy. Finally, I've talked a bit about the Limit Hold'em bot at various casinos. It's called Texas Hold'em Heads Up. I think that's the official name of it. You will find it at various casinos. Not that many, but it used to be at Caesars, it used to be at the Rio, it's still at the Aria, it's still at the Bellagio. It's actually a bot that you can play Heads Up Limit Hold'em. It's been around for a while, I think like two and a half years, but a New York Times article came out revealing many details that were previously unknown about the Limit Hold'em bot. I played that bot a good deal myself. I will give you my opinion of the article and what I think of the bot and what I think of the future of anyone who wants to play that bot. So those are the topics tonight. If you want to call up, once again, the phone number is 775-FRAUD-55, 775-372-8355, or... 702-430-1808. So let me give a quick look at the chat room, and then I will uh, I will get going. So if there's any pauses in this broadcast, it's just because I'm reading the chat room. It's not because I'm having mental lapses in my old age. So let's go to the most important story, the biggest story, a disturbing story. Um, the Poker Stars European Poker Tour leg in uh, Barcelona. I don't know why I said Portugal or I meant Spain. I think I had Lock Poker on my mind because they went to Portugal. But it's actually Spain, Barcelona, Spain. Um, Barcelona, the EPT Barcelona is what it was called. A lot of people were there, especially Europeans, because it's easier for them to go. For you know Americans, it's a little bit difficult to get across the Atlantic. A lot of people don't want to do that. But it's it's a pretty big stop on the European Poker Tour. It's a it's a Poker Stars event, and uh, Poker Stars has a lot of influence. Poker Stars gave away a lot of packages for the EPT, where you win a seat into the event and you a hotel room and some spending money and you know whatever. So Poker Stars has very much of a presence over there. They, they, they weren't just there for fun, or they weren't just there because a few of their players were playing. They were really there because it's really their event. And this will play into the story shortly. Now, if you've ever gone to a hotel in recent times, and you've brought your laptop, I bet you've had the following experience. I bet you've gone into the hotel, you found the in-room safe, you put your valuables in the safe, your cash, your wallet, whatever. So this way, when you leave the room, your valuables are safe there. Maybe your girlfriend's jewelry goes in there, too. But what about your laptop? If you have a laptop with you, what do you do with it? You can't get it in the safe. It's just too damn big. I guess you could technically pop out the hard drive and put it in the safe, but what a pain in the ass every time you walk out of the room to do that. You're probably not doing that. You're probably just taking a chance. You're probably just leaving your laptop out, hanging a Do Not Disturb sign on the door, maybe even not that, and just hoping, just hoping that whoever goes in your room doesn't screw with your laptop. 
hoping that whoever goes in your room does not steal your laptop. And indeed, with laptops definitely taking over for what desktops used to do, and I, I know to some degree uh, tablets are now taking over for laptops, but not yet. Most people have a laptop still. Uh, I know I mainly use my laptop and barely my desktop anymore. And that's a big change. I used to barely use my laptop and always use my desktop. So on your laptop, you end up collecting a lot of things that are personal information of yours. Documents, um, emails sometimes if you store it locally on your computer, whatever. There's a lot of things people could find if they were to turn on your laptop and go through it that you probably wouldn't want the general public looking at or especially copying and taking. Even worse is if you are a high-stakes poker player, the last thing you would ever want would be... When I say poker player, I mean online poker player. The last thing you would ever want would be someone accessing your laptop when you're not there and have them install a keylogger or a screen grabber or something to where people can see your cards or get your passwords to your poker games because uh, you're playing for a lot of money. And really, your laptop is the gateway to all that money. So... You really don't want anyone ever touching your laptop, and you can be very vigilant about it at home. Never let untrusted people in your house, and keep your laptop away from any strangers that do come in your house, blah, blah, blah. But when you travel, if you take your laptop, it's a pretty tough thing to deal with. What do you do? You can leave your laptop home, but then you may need stuff on the laptop. You may need to use the laptop. It's a pain in the ass not to have a laptop when you travel. You can leave all the important stuff off of your laptop like your documents, but then you may need access to those while you're gone, especially if you travel a lot. And if you play online poker on that laptop, either you need a separate travel laptop and never play online poker from it, meaning not even when you travel, or you're taking the chance that someone could access your laptop and put something on there to either see your cards or get your passwords. There's really not a good solution here. There just is not a good solution. It's either highly inconvenient or you're putting yourself at risk and there's no in-between. Now, ideally, there would be a laptop safe in the room where you could put your laptop in a big safe or footlocker or something that you could lock and nobody could get access to. But no hotels have that. So you're really stuck either not bringing your laptop, keeping very little, keeping separate laptops, or, or just bringing it and hoping for the best. Well, most pl- poker players end up bringing the laptop and hoping for the best. And I can't blame them. If you're traveling a lot, that's really the only choice. So the following very disturbing story happened at the EPT Barcelona in the Barcelona Arts Hotel to a guy named Jens who posts as Jeans. And I will read his post Not his initial post, because that was kind of hard to follow and didn't have much detail. He posted uh, shortly after that a very long, detailed post explaining the whole story. So that's what I'm going to read. Then I will give you my reaction to all of this. And I will tell you some more that came out as that thread came forward. I'll give my opinion, and guess what? At the end, we're going to call the Barcelona Arts Hotel, and we're going to get the story. Because that's what I do here. Last week... We found out through a cold call that D. Long was the one who got the house in the D. Long Prolod Friedman separation. We found out that the grinder's wife, maybe even ex-wife now, who knows, 
Lily, Ms. Rocky, was dealing cards in Miami. We found that out, too, from a phone call. So we're going to call the Barcelona Arts, because I like getting down to the truth. And sometimes you find out the truth from what people don't say, rather than what they say. So I enjoy doing that on the show, and I think the audience likes it, too. It just adds like an air of unpredictability there. So we're going to talk about the whole thing that I will call the EPT, uh, not the EPT, the Barcelona Arts, and we will talk about that with them. So here's the story from this guy, Jeans, from 2 Plus 2. This has been one of the most disturbing things I've gone through in my life. It all started with me busting out of the main event on day two, around 3.30pm. I walk straight to my room, go online, surf the internet for a while. When I get to the room, my key is not working. So he was saying he was going to go do this. He was going to go online, surf the internet after busting as a way to wind down. And his key did not work. Now we've all had that happen before. You know those little key cards that are common in almost all hotel rooms these days? They go bad in, in one of many ways. I, I've had it so many times where I have to go back down to the lobby and have them remade. I don't even think twice about it. Other than, damn, this is a pain in the ass. I go down to the reception and they sink my key. I get back to the room to find out my laptop is not on the table where I left it. Can you imagine? You get in the room after your key did not work. You get your key working from the front desk. And your laptop is gone. What a nightmare. Right there, that is a total nightmare for any traveler. I have a very big and heavy Fujitsu Celsius laptop, so it's usually very easy to see. It's kind of a dumb statement. (laughs) What kind of laptop wouldn't be easy to see? Can you think of one laptop that you could easily, like, get lost in your room? We're not talking about an iPhone here. They have cleaned the room, so I assume the cleaning lady has moved it somewhere. I do look everywhere multiple times, but just can't find it. I'm staying with my friend Henri in the same room, and can only think of two options. He has borrowed the laptop, I don't know why he would, or it has been stolen. However, how could it get stolen, so it must be him borrowing it? Well, I know how it could get stolen. Someone goes in your room and steals it. My phone hasn't been working for a few days, but he told me he was going to play the cash games at the casino, very close to the hotel, basically one big complex. So I walk over there and ask him about the laptop. He says he doesn't know anything about it, but tells me his key wasn't working either, which sounds like a pretty weird coincidence. So I walk back to my room and have a better look just in case. So that's already a bad sign. His key also failed, his roommate Henri, and knew nothing about the laptop. I get into the room and boom! The laptop has reappeared on the table, exactly how I left it this morning before going to the tournament. My heart jumps, my mind is racing, and for a second or two, I'm doubting my sanity. I understand that's what I'd be thinking, too. (laughs) Your laptop, you get in your room, after your key didn't work initially, your laptop's gone, you panic and think it's stolen, you go out to find your roommate, he knows nothing about it, you come back and the laptop's right back there where, where it was originally. (laughs) <laughs> it's like it's like the laptop uh, put on a cloaking device when you were in there. Then I remember a clear photograph from my memory how the laptop charger was laying loosely alone on that table just less than 10 minutes ago. There was 0.001% the laptop was laying on the table at the same time. So what he's trying to say is when he was trying to check himself for his own sanity, he remembered very clearly the mental picture of just the charger on the table. 
So it wasn't like a blank table. It was just the charger sitting there by itself without the laptop. And he's saying that's hard to forget. And there's no way that like that would have appeared in his mind on its own, like if it didn't really happen. W- which I agree. So definitely the laptop disappeared and came back. Unless this guy's this total nutcase. This is when I get scared. He writes. Someone has been in my room during this short period of time. For for what I know, he could be hiding under the bed or in the bathroom right now. Remember when you were a kid and you have nightmares about a monster being under your bed? Here, here he was worried about an actual monster under his bed. So, he writes, I quickly run out of the room and take the elevator to the reception. I tell them what happened, and they bring me to the guest relations supervisor, Leia. At this point, we recode both my friend's keys and mine, and Leia says that even if someone had a copy of our keys or some other way to access our room, uh, now it would be impossible. So what, what he was trying to say is that... Uh, since they made new keys, even if someone somehow got his key code before or whatever, uh, now it's impossible for someone to have the keys anymore. It's only them that have the keys. Of course, if it's an inside job, then no. She tells me that they will check the cameras, but it will take a while. Because there's cameras in the hotel. I back up... I go back up to my room to check my computer. It was working perfectly normal the day before and did require a password to enter. I turn it on to see it going to black screen. Now, the black screen, what he's talking about, if you have a PC, I'm sure you've seen it before, when, when something happens that um, has caused a problem or a potential problem, Windows will give you some options. So, like, for example, if you just turn off your computer without shutting down, you'll often get a black screen saying, do you want to r- run in safe mode? Do you want to run any kind of scan on it? Or do you just want to start Windows normally? So this is what he got on the screen. Windows recovery error... Or sorry, Windows error recovery. Windows failed to start. A recent hardware or software change might be the cause. If Windows files have been damaged or configured incorrectly, startup repair can help diagnose blah, 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 blah. Uh, what do you want to do? Launch, launch startup repair or start Windows normally. So not only does his laptop disappear and come back, but it has this weird black screen with an error uh, saying that Windows failed to start, whereas the day before everything was working fine, it would just ask you for a password to log in. And so after that, when he tried to uh, start up Windows... It, it asked if you want to restore your computer using System Restore, and it was saying he could try to repair his computer. So, um, He writes, Now I was 100% sure what's going on. I have to go to dinner with a friend of mine. Probably like uh, one and a half hours later, I come back to reception. I think if I were him, I would cancel dinner. But I guess he didn't. I guess he ate and came back 90 minutes later. Leia informs me that the cameras in my corridor were not working and have not been for a week. Isn't that convenient? Isn't that convenient that the quarters, the quarter cams for the hotel uh, were not working when this happened, when they checked it? it uh, that's just so sick. So bad. So, anyway, going on here. Lost my place. That's why there's a pause here. I apologize for that. Oh. I'm stunned, but somehow I had a feeling like this was the case. It couldn't be that easy. Referring to it wasn't just that easy for them to check the cameras and catch someone. They tell me they will investigate the matter, and we agree to have a meeting with Leia and some security manager tomorrow at 12. I get the feeling they're not taking me seriously. I go back to my room still shocked, only to find out my key is not working again. 
Then I go back to reception where Leia still is, tell her the key didn't work and ask for it to be synced. She does that and tells me she will come up with me to check the key. We get into the room and the laptop has again gone missing. Can you imagine? His laptop disappears. He leaves the room to report it. He comes back, it's back there in its spot where it disappeared from. Then, when he notices it's been tampered with, leaves, has dinner for whatever reason, comes back, or tries to come back, the key does not work again, and then he gets back into the room, tries to go back to the room, and his, his uh, once he gets the key working, and the laptop has gone missing a second time. I'm in complete shock, he writes. Do not have words to describe the feeling. We look through the entire room, but nothing to be found. Leia calls the security about this and has me and my friend transferred two floors up to a suite. We again agree to meet at 12 tomorrow morning. I think he means at 12 and noon. I walk back to the casino cash game area to talk to my friend about what has happened, and that I need to borrow his laptop to close down all my online poker accounts. He tells me we should completely change the hotel just to be sure this is all too scary. We go to the reception and ask for Leia to tell her this. She, she tells us she's informed the security guys to look extra carefully at our corridor, even during the night time. We agree that's good enough And when suddenly Leia gets a call. Can you believe this? I mean, this guy's kind of naive. Oh, we'll tell security to check extra carefully in the corridors. Oh, okay. Okay, that's good enough. <laughs> she talks in Spanish for a while, and then asks me what model my laptop is. Fujitsu? So she already knows what laptop he has. He's never told her. Remember, his laptop disappeared. He just came down and said disappeared. Did not say what type he had. Came back, it was there again. Notice it had been tampered with. It goes back down again. When he goes back a third time, his key doesn't work. His laptop's gone again. She doesn't know it's a Fujitsu. He's never told her it's a Fujitsu. And somehow she knows, though, it's a Fujitsu. So he says, I tell her yes. She tells me someone found it at the hotel lobby, and security has it now. She asks us to wait and goes to get it. She does return with my laptop. This is just really weird. Why leave it in a hotel, he writes. Why not just throw it in the sea when they realize their operation had failed? This later became pretty clear. The fact that nothing had gone missing made this investigation so much harder to do. People did not realize how seriously this thing was. Oh, and now the computer starts and goes to Windows perfectly. The only thing is it does not ask for a password anymore. At this point, I tell my friend Ville Walbeck, a PokerStars pro about this thing, who forwards it to PokerStars. So uh, his theory is that uh, they they stole his laptop again and tried to fix it and put it back so it boots normally, and they forgot that he had a password, or I guess they couldn't put the password back because uh, they wouldn't know what password to set. So they, they got it as close back to what it was before, at least in appearance. And um, he's saying that they probably didn't just throw the laptop away after stealing it because uh, they didn't want anything to go missing. Then, then it makes it harder to report to the police when nothing's actually been stolen and is still missing. That's his theory. I go to the Poker Star staff room close to the tournament area. Everyone is very friendly and helpful. The IT guy offers to check my laptop, which I let him, but tells me this is not his specialty. He doesn't find anything, but tells me if someone cracked the password, it's very likely they know enough to delete the system logs and all the traces as well. Because remember, they got into his laptop despite a password to you know to get in there. I explain the situation to one of the staff members who sends the story to an email as an email to Poker Star security. Now, however, we talk about this whole thing. Uh, with my friend a lot before going to bed and are very confident this will get solved. 
The laptop is full of cameras, so we will see how the laptop ended where it did. Sorry, the lobby is full of cameras, not the laptop. The elevators are full of cameras and have a very small time interval, so we should see a guy carrying a huge laptop. At, all in all, we have big expectations from tomorrow's meeting at 12. So, so he thinks what's going to happen is that they're going to um, at least look at the elevators and the lobby, because this is where the laptop appeared. So with all these cameras, between the elevator cameras and the lobby and the small time frame they have to look at, they'll catch the guy, he's thinking. No. During this night, something very weird happens that hasn't ever happened to me before in any luxury hotel. Me and my friend wake up to a phone call at 5.30 in the morning saying, Your taxi is ready. I ask, What taxi? Your taxi to the airport. I ask, With whose name? The guy says, No name, just the room number. I tell the guy on the phone I haven't ordered any taxi, and the call ends. It could be we are just imagining, but we are extremely paranoid at this point. My friend said he thought he saw the guy. My friend said he thought the guy on the phone did not sound like a hotel employee because of the way he talked. It was not in that usual polite way, but a fairly rude one. So, you know, you know when a hotel calls, you're like, "Hello, sir. How are you doing today, sir?" Blah 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 blah. This is a luxury hotel, by the way. This is a five-star hotel. This is associated with the Ritz Carlton. So he's saying the guy who called him about the taxi um, was just speaking to him like a kind of a rude guy, not like a hotel employee, not like someone who's trying to kiss his ass or be really polite on the phone. We wake up again to the phone ringing at 9.30. I answer and there's a voice saying, Do you want to make business? (laughs) Do you want to make business? That sounds like what I say to my son Benjamin. When I think Benjamin has to go to the bathroom and go, Ben, do you want to make business? But no, that's not what the guy was calling about. He was not calling to see if uh, Gene's here is toilet trained. He's asking, do you want to make business? I answer, what? Again, the guy says, do you want to make business? He says, huh, about what? The guy responds back, about the women. I just answer no and hang up. Now we are both too upset to get any more sleep. Isn't that weird? First about this weird taxi thing, and then do you want to make business about the women? No idea what that could have been about, but uh, maybe just to intimidate them. For us, it already seems clear that someone from the hotel staff is in on this, so they can easily find out which room we've moved. Because remember, they moved rooms, so even if it was the people who stole his laptop, like how do they know where they are now? Now, these calls could obviously be a coincidence as well, but lay them uh, behind your ear a while as my story continues. By the way, there's one other way it could happen. If they got this guy's name from his laptop, which they probably could, uh, they could just call up and, and ask for his name through the operator rather than the room. But whatever. The time is passing by so slowly, but finally it's 11.45 a.m. and we go down already to ask for Leia. I've also asked Ville Walbeck to join us. This is at the uh, you know, Poker Stars, Poker Stars guy, uh, Poker Stars Pro they know. As I know he is good to deal with these kind of situations, he also told me Poker Stars will have a separate meeting with the hotel later. She is ready and she's with an old guy she presents as a security guy. This man does not speak any English, and Leia will translate both ways. Within the first few minutes, it is very clear he's not here to help us. He is here to make this thing go away. Anything we try to bring to him, he comes up with some weird explanations. At one point, he basically says, Nothing has gone missing. You already got a room upgrade and free room service. What more do you want? This guy is saying, Hey, we gave you a free upgrade to a suite. We gave you some free room service. So what if your laptop disappeared twice? 
So what if someone tampered with your laptop? So what if we can't explain how that happened or how they kept accessing your room and that you're getting weird phone calls in the morning, uh, people saying scary things to you? You got your free room service and your free upgrade. Shut your mouth. (laughs) Some service at a five-star hotel, right? First, I go straight to the point. I tell him, so the laptop was found in the lobby, which is full of cameras. Did you find the guy who was with it? He answered that the laptop was not actually found in the lobby, but someone had brought it to some hotel employee in the second floor, and in that place, the cameras did not work. You know, just like the other cameras in the corridor where the room was. We three just look at each other stunned. He's saying we three mean, you know, him, Henri, and uh, um, this Villa Walbeck. This is so laughable. I ask him if it's just these cameras not working, or how many are not working right now, to which he responds that eight cameras are not working. If it's true, it is pretty shocking for a five-star luxury hotel to have this kind of hole in their security system, or it could just be a lie because they were very unwilling to help us, and this was just an easy way not to have to check the footage, or the final option, that someone from the staff is hiding something. I then tell him, okay, but you have the cameras in the elevators. He tells me there are so many people in this hotel, it's impossible to look through all the footage. I try to tell him it's a very short interval of time when the guy was in my room, but he's not listening. The only thing they provide us with is a door entry log to our room, which is fairly confusing. He talks about how the codes change when you go to the reception to resync the key. So there's three different codes on that paper, and he explains the third one is my friend's new code for his key. Everything about this is so confusing, we're already so tilted, we didn't look at this too closely until later with my friend and realized that they explained the codes wrong to us. So there were two options. A guy from security could not read his own hotel security code, or they were intentionally trying to trick us. However, I will get to this in more detail later. We know this meeting is not leading anywhere, and Poker Stars probably will be able to pressure them better or somehow explain the seriousness of the situation, so we decide the meeting is over. So they're going to be meeting with Poker Stars later, this hotel, so they figured, hey, you know, we're meeting with idiots here who are either covering this up or, or not taking it seriously. Uh, Poker Stars, who, who's a very competent company, very smart company, they're, they're, they're going to hear this and be really outraged, and they're going to put a smackdown on them and, and really convince them to take this seriously, so they thought. I'm mentally crushed, he writes. I don't believe what just happened in the last 30 minutes. Everything was so clear before we entered that meeting. We thought there would be uh, we thought there was close to no chance this would not get resolved. I however have hopes that Poker Stars will deal with this properly. I wait and sometime after 5 p.m. I get a text from Poker Stars saying that their meeting was finished. That the quote hotel changed their view about the cameras. And that the hotel is reviewing the footage now and will update us later tonight. Can you believe this? The hotel changed their view about the cameras. Poker Stars told him this. Now this right there, right there it just shows how incompetent the guy from Poker Stars was that was dealing with this. And we'll get to that shortly in the rest of this story. When you have a camera in your hotel, it either works or it does not work. You can't change your view after the fact as to whether it worked or did not work. You know whether it did. Now, you can change your view as to whether you want to look at it. You can change your view as to whether you want to show the customer. But you cannot change your view as to why, as to whether or not the camera worked. So to say the hotel changed their view about the cameras from PokerStars is outrageous. It's not like PokerStars questioned them, okay, how come you told them that the cameras didn't work? PokerStars is presenting this to him as good news. 
Guess what? Good news. They're going to look at the cameras now. They changed their view about it. They're not going to pretend it's broken anymore. They changed their view. Can you believe that PokerStars took that as a legitimate answer? PokerStars does not ask why did you lie in the first place about the cameras being broken. Oh, they changed their views. It's all good. He goes on here. The casino is also going to review the footage as they have to ensure my friend was playing the cash games and the head of art security agreed this is a major breach in security. So so they're saying, look, we've got to also make sure that your friend is really, you know, his friend Henri was really playing the cash games and didn't steal the laptop himself. I, I guess that's okay. I guess that, you know, it makes sense that they want to rule out that the friend was involved. And, and some people in the chat, I'm reading the chat right now, someone's saying, uh, note to self, don't believe what I read on on MVG. That's the MVG is where this is posted on 2 plus 2. Great fiction draft. The story is made up by a fiction writer wannabe. Before you say that this is fiction, and this guy's making it up, there's a lot of people posting in that thread. You can go read it. It's like a 50-page thread or more on 2 plus 2. Many people came forward with similar stories of things happening like this in the Barcelona Arts Hotel on this trip. So even if this guy is a psycho and just made this whole thing up for attention, there's no way he could have gotten all these people to tell these stories unless it was a massive conspiracy among uh, European players to make up these stories, which I doubt. So, uh, going on here. I I fully believe all this, by the way. Um... In fact, you know, PokerStars has verified also that a lot of this occurred. So getting back to the story. Just got to find my place now. Um, oh yeah. I'm ecstatic. I thank them, referring to PokerStars, and send the exact cash game table to where my friend was sitting so we can get him out of the picture. I went around it at 9pm. I get a text from another PokerStars rep saying the hotel has to make a full investigation and will give the report tomorrow morning. I go back to the room with very high hopes again for tomorrow. We also tell reception not to let any calls through to our room during the night. <laughs> so, <laughs> they don't want any more prank calls about uh, making business. And uh, they have high hopes again. I wonder if all Europeans are this optimistic. I, I would have no high hopes during this. I Like, the whole time I would be super pessimistic here. Maybe I'm just a pessimistic guy, but like the whole way this was going down stinks to high heaven and had from the start. So, uh, I, I have to tell you, I, I would not be very happy about this and I would not be optimistic at all, even with poker stars getting involved. Like as soon as I hear they change their view about the cameras, I'd be like, "Oh my god!" Like that's actually bad because that rules out the chance that the cameras were really broken and it was just a coincidence. Once they quote change their view about the cameras, now you know there were cover-ups involved. Now you know the whole thing is really, really shady. So I don't know why there's, this guy is so optimistic, but I guess he's just an optimistic guy. We wake up at 11 a.m. to the alarm clock. No updates yet. I go to the pool and ask for the PokerStars rep ask the PokerStars rep a few times but no updates. At some point I hear the hotel and stars have a new meeting to see the report. I wait and wait and after 9 p.m. they finally have news for me and tell me I have to come alone no exceptions. <laughs> come alone no exceptions. This is this really is like straight out of a mafia movie. Hey. You meet us at 9 p.m. You come alone. No cops. No exceptions. Where the laptop gets it. 
Come alone, no exception. Why does he have to come alone? Why, why would poker stars tell him come alone? Why? I, I don't know who told him. I don't know if poker stars told him this or the hotel told him. But can you imagine? You, you have to come alone? Why? I try to explain my concerns. My friend, just as much as myself, his laptop could also be in danger, but she insists. So she doesn't even want his friend Henri there. It has to be him. Or sorry, sorry, uh... Um, I, I don't know, I'm confused by the story Now he's saying we walk, so maybe his friend comes too Maybe alone means the two of them We walk to the PokerStar staff room Where I meet the PokerStar security manager We sit down and he tells me Your friend might not be as good of a friend as you think he is Oh, I know what this was, okay So they told him to come without his friend So they can blame it on his friend That's what this was I know this friend of mine very well. We traveled two months in South America last winter. He's referring to Henri. He hangs around my house. He has had so many better spots to do this to me that I can't really take this seriously. So he's saying this guy's been in his house all the time. Like, of all times to access his laptop and do this weird stuff, it wouldn't have to be in this hotel. He could he could totally do this uh, in many of other spots and, uh, um, and also, like, right before he's about to play a high-limit match. He, he just doesn't think this is the right time. Now, yes, I guess Henri could have done it and blamed it on the hotel, where at, at home it's harder to blame it on somebody else if he's the only one there, but he, he just says, look, I, I'm just not getting this vibe from Henri. Henri seems like a, an honest guy, says the you know, the author of this story. He just It's hard for him to take this seriously. He says, I assume the star's security ma- manager has some heavy proof. However, he shows me some more notes about the same door entry logs we saw in that meeting earlier. The hotel seems to have con- convinced him of what they tried to show us, even if they'd been caught lying before. This is basically all he has. And then also that the cameras were working in the second floor where the hotel claimed the laptop was found, but when he checked the footage, nothing happened there, so he was going to look into that as well. This is ridiculous. They're blaming his friend now. His friend Henri. Even though they lied before about the cameras, and even now that they uh, have supposedly working cameras and, quote, changed their view, they couldn't find anything. Now they have to check them again. So why doesn't PokerStar see a red flag here? Like, who's more likely to be telling the truth here? Henri or the hotel acting super shady about this? I did explain that there's a very, very low percentage that my friend is behind this, but that I thought you already checked the cameras he was playing in the cash games. But he had not. So that was the other thing. They were going to check that he was actually playing the cash games, and now they're saying, oh, uh, we didn't check. Because, you know, they're afraid to admit that they checked, and that counts out Henri as the guilty party. Uh, he also did not know which cash game Henri had been sitting at, even though, as I wrote earlier, I texted this to a PokerStars rep who answered the text with thanks, that helps a lot. I also said my friend Ilari Samhees was sitting at the same cash table and had told me that my friend had been there the entire time. He wrote down Ilari as a witness on some paper. I then asked if we could focus on what we will do after you check the cameras in case my friend is not the one who did it, like check the 10-minute interval from the interview from the elevators when my laptop for the first time had reappeared. He seemed very busy and in a hurry the entire meeting, and said he'll first check the cash game cameras for my friend, and then tomorrow I'll go from there if he's not the suspect. So he's like, look, another guy, Ilari Sam, he's, you know, he was at the table. He, he verified to me my friend was there the entire time. So it's not him. It's not Henri. Henri is accounted for. He has a good alibi. So what about the cameras? So they're like, uh, you know, we'll check the cash game just in case Henri's guilty, and if it's not Henri, uh, we'll, we'll check the rest tomorrow. <laughs> so so they, they basically want to find if Henri is guilty today. If it's somebody else, uh, they'll, they'll worry about it tomorrow. 
In my childish mind, I had imagined like a team of multiple PokerStars security guys investigating this, putting huge pressure on the hotel. But I do sincerely think he was trying to do his best, just had his hands full with the tournament security. I feel like PokerStars should have either put someone else on the case or someone on the job he normally has to do so he could put more time on the case. In less than 30 minutes of the meeting was going on, he had to leave. I was crushed. I can't remember the last time I felt like this. My legs were shaking and I was ready to vomit at any second. I didn't believe this. It seemed like some kind of sick, twisted joke. I ran into Yuha Helpy at the casino entrance where he asked how it went. I told him at this last meeting he couldn't believe it either. We just could not understand when something was so clearly it happened. We had very exact times on everything in a hotel full of cameras. How this could just be swept under the carpet by bureaucracy. He saw how crushed I was, and I told him I had no more energy to deal with this, that I was going to take a flight back home to Finland the next morning and just be in touch through the phone with PokerStar security. My hopes for anything to happen were very low. There was no talk of getting the police involved anymore. I don't know why. I don't know why nobody ever called the police here. Not to say that guarantee would have done something. This is a foreign country. This is Spain. You know, the the police could have been either bought off or uh, under the influence of the hotel in some way, but still, um, you got to try. This is basically where the the story was supposed to end. I had pictured it in my mind already. Perhaps even a more negative tone was going to write it the second I got home to Finland. At this point, I think it's good to go to the door entry log as my friend was smart enough to take a picture of it. I'm jumping a bit in the timeline as my friend started looking at this log just before going to bed that same evening, and it actually made total sense. This leaves two options. The security guy we had at the meeting was either incompetent and could not read his own security logs, or he was lying to us. So then the guy posted a picture of his security log, which you can go see if you want to look at the scam scandals and shadiness for him. Uh, Then he goes through um, a bunch of analysis of the log that I won't bother to read because it won't play well on radio. But but what he's trying to say here is that um, from the logs he determined that there was only a 2 minute and 41 second period um, where the... uh, where the laptop disappeared and came back, according to the logs, from who entered the room and who didn't, you know, from the entries of the room. So he determined that whoever did this actually could have been hiding in the room when the laptop reappeared there, which is what he was worried about when he ran out of the room after noticing the laptop came back. Um, Looking at that log, you know, he saw that there's just no way to blame his friend for the whole thing. It just didn't make sense to the log about their two keys. I'm not going to go into that whole thing. But, uh, so he writes, so back to the story. I was walking from the casino to my hotel room just crushed, tired of picking up the soap from the prison shower floor. That's a nice analogy. As a poker player, I do not believe in anything supernatural, but this had to be faith. In the hotel elevator, a guy looks at me and says, Hey, Jeans. I don't recognize him at first and say, Hey, what's up? Who are you? He answers, I'm Ignat, zero human zero. How are you? Even this is so sick, as I almost always just make the standard I'm fine, what about you answer. But this time I was just so sick of everything I answered, not good, my laptop was stolen. He looks at me with a surprised face and says, his was also. So Ignat, a.k.a. Zero Human Zero, also had his laptop stolen. And then we find out the exact same thing happened, but for him it was today, two days after my incident. He returns to his room from the beach, his key doesn't work, he gets a new key to notice his laptop's not in his room. He goes down to the reception to complain, comes back only to notice his laptop has been returned. He also said there were two phone calls made to his room. 
One asking when the room wanted to be cleaned, to which he answered in two hours. The other one, after that two hours, would he, where he answered and nothing was said, the call just ended. So very likely someone was checking to see if he's still in his room or not. I asked if he had been told about my case. He said no. They did tell me there was some similar case, but it was just from the guy. It was just the guy's friend messing around. He also told me that they caught the guy on tape entering his room. This gave me a huge wave of new energy. I immediately took the elevator down with him, told him that we had to go see this PokerStars security manager. He was still there, and for the first time I felt he took this thing as seriously as it should be taken. So now he's feeling good, because Zero Human Zero claims that uh, same thing happened to him, and they caught the guy on tape this time. He came with us to, re- to the reception to talk with whoever had just, uh, whoever Ignat had just been talking to, and after nothing more could be done, he said he would be back there at 8 in the morning to continue solving it. He would call us right after he had news. We went back to our room with my friend, just talked for a few hours about this whole sick thing. It feels like this could only happen in a movie. Then we started talking about the entry log that I analyzed a bit earlier in this post and took a look at the pictures he had of them. It really took us less than five minutes to make sense of them, and I don't think we would ever look at them again had I not run to Ignat. And here we are the next day now. I just spoke with the manager who told me he has a meeting with PokerStars at 2 and 3 p.m. with the hotel. I told him we solved the entry log and it would help a lot with the meeting at the hotel, but he didn't have not had time to go through that. Uh, so this is the entire story, 100%. I remember writing it in my hotel room. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Um, by the way, uh, I don't have the remainder of the post, uh, the, the follow-up post about the uh, meeting the next day, but uh, no, it was not solved. No, they didn't really get the person on, on tape. So basically, this is unsolved. Now, this brings up a few questions here. Number one, was the hotel involved? Answer, yes. Now, keep in mind, hotels in general like to cover up as much as they can because they're worried about liability. They're worried that even if they are not the guilty parties, that if they give away too much information, that they could be sued or that the person will feel they have the right to demand things from them. It's a lot easier to just try to return the stuff to the guest or try to give him some, you know, a few comps to make him feel better than to admit how badly you screwed up. If you remember on this show, we had someone on here, uh, a guy named uh, Will Sonstegard, who stayed in the Rio, and the Rio accidentally authorized someone to go in his room, and that person, who you know, another guest, stole his iPad and $2,000 out of his suitcase. The Rio definitely knew who did it, because they knew who they let into the room accidentally. They confronted the guy who took it, got the iPad back, but the guy claimed he only took $1,000. And that's what they tried to give back to William, William demanded the other thousand, and the Rio would not tell him what happened. The Rio made up a story. The Rio would not tell him who did it, and the Rio would not give him that other thousand, saying, quote, that's all the guy said that was there, and the guy claimed it was an honest mistake, that he thought it was his own stuff because he came back in the room tired or drunk or something. Well, William got his money back. William ended up getting everything back after a lot of hassle. But... The Rio did not cooperate. The Rio was being very, very uncooperative until William really, really pressed it and took it to the forums and really made a huge deal about it. But the Rio was not in on this. The Rio was not trying to steal from William Sonstegard. The Rio was trying to cover up their own incompetence. So it is possible that the hotel is covering up their own incompetence. But that doesn't make it much better. However, I have to say, because reading through the thread, there were tons of other people who were getting phone calls Weird phone calls, uh, you know, hang-ups, people saying strange things to them, people not talking. It really looked like 
poker players were being targeted. That they were calling poker players, seeing who was in the room, and getting into the room in some way. Now, at first it was suggested that maybe someone was getting into the room using um, a method that you can use to break into hotel rooms that was discovered last year. Those automated key locks, they were uh, not made very well security-wise, and there is a way to get through them. However, that is not what happened, because if someone uses that method to get into your hotel room, your key still works. It's just a way they can get the room open, kind of the same way the maid can open your room, uh, and your key doesn't stop working. So, it's an alternate way to open the door. It doesn't stop your key working. Here, someone actually stopped his key working. The reason that it looks like it has to be an inside job, and by the way, it definitely wasn't Henri from all the evidence you know, we heard here. And of course, the same thing happened to this Ignat guy. Other people reported other things happening there. A lot of similar reports of thefts of their laptop, of hang-up calls, a lot of weird stuff going on in that hotel during this week. The really suspicious thing is the disappearing and reappearing laptop. It's one thing if someone gets in your room and steals something. It's another thing, not only does the thing reappear, but they seem to know exactly when to go into the room to return it. And that's why I think it's an inside job. I think they disabled the keys in some way, knowing that the guy cannot walk in to uh, the room and found the laptop was gone. Like, you know, the, the after they determine the guy Lee has left, they go in his room, probably by a phone call, they go into his room, they uh, steal the laptop, they tamper with it elsewhere, and then they plan to return it. Now, they're afraid when they return it, what if the guy's back in his room? So, in order to prevent that, they disable the guy's key, and then when he goes down there to get his key remade, that's the signal for them to rush back in there and return the laptop. And they know they will not be found by the guy who's staying in the room, because he's downstairs getting the key remade. It happened to this Jeans or Jens guy. This happened to that Ignat guy. Exact same way. It's just too much of a coincidence that the laptop gets returned right when they happen to be down there getting the new key made, and when it disappeared that other time and then reappeared in the lobby, it also disappeared when he had gone downstairs when the hotel key was no longer working. So it's like whenever they want to take the laptop or put back the laptop, they disable his key. And that has to be an inside job. Now, the hotel may have some degree of incompetence, but they're not that stupid. Combine that with the cameras that were not working, then supposedly working again, the ever-changing story of where the laptop was found, from the lobby to the second floor. Obviously, this is more than just a cover-up of incompetence. This is an inside job where they feel they can get away with it. Now, it's possible they were not targeting poker players in the way of spyware. Maybe they were just doing this to uh, for identity theft or some other nefarious purpose. And maybe it just so happens that these are online poker players who have, of course, the concern that every online poker player has when the computer they play online poker with goes missing. So it is possible it's a coincidence that they are poker players. It's possible they are just targeting people in general that they believe have laptops with them. Maybe they even see them with a laptop at check-in. And uh, you know, maybe this happens to a lot of people. Uh, maybe they felt they could go after poker players because maybe they think poker players will not be taken as seriously. Maybe they think they're younger than the typical res- per- typical person staying at that hotel. Because, yeah, 
the typical person at a five-star luxury European hotel is older, because it's typical that older people have more money, typical that older people have a higher standard for, for staying in a nice hotel. Go to any really nice luxury hotel, and you're not going to find a lot of 20-somethings there. It's going to mainly be older people. And older people get more respect when they report these sorts of things to the police. But, you know, some young poker degenerates there saying his laptop got stolen, and he's staying with a roommate, you know, it's a, it, then you have a, a patsy you can blame it on. So it's possible that's why they were targeted, not necessarily for online poker purposes. But it's also very possible that they were targeted for the online poker. It, it doesn't take a genius to say, hey, these are online poker players. Uh, let's put something on their laptop, and let's uh, l- let's see what we can see. See if we can see his cards. See if we could get his passwords. Who knows? I have a feeling the perpetrators are not. You know, the ones who are actually behind doing this are probably not hotel employees. It's probably someone who's working with the hotel employees. It's probably the hotel employees who who do the actual uh, stealing of the laptop and tampering of it. And then there's the ones who actually utilize whatever is gained from doing that. Uh, obviously, they aren't just trying to steal laptops, or otherwise they would just steal it and, and never bring it back. Uh, it wouldn't make sense, because everyone's going to complain if their laptop disappears. So there's no way they're returning it just because they complained, because everyone's going to complain. So I actually think that the plan was grab the guy's laptop when he's not in the room, quickly install something on it that, uh, you know, to spy on the laptop or maybe steal all the guy's data and return it to the room before he realizes what's going on and have his key disabled the whole time so he can't get in the room. But if, unfortunately, the guy returns and tries to get in his room and can't and goes to the front desk to have his key remade, then in some way, the laptop thieves are signaled to bring the laptop back while they are remaking the key, and that's what they do. I I'm, can't say I'm sure that's what it is, but that's really what it sounds like to me. So, I'm looking in the chat room. One hour on the laptop ship. Can I call the clock on this story? So, this is definitely an inside job, which brings me to Poker Stars. And I apologize for this long segment, but I just think it's really important because this is not just some guy traveling randomly and someone jacks his uh, laptop and tampers with it. I mean, if if this guy was just on vacation somewhere and this happened, I'd be talking about this for five minutes. This is at a PokerStars EPT event where several poker players were targeted. And it appears very much to be an inside job by the hotel for the reasons I explained. But let me get to the PokerStars problem. That's what really bothers me the most. You know, there's a lot of good things to be said about PokerStars. They have great software. They're a very smart company. They're responsible with money. When Black Friday went down, they paid everyone. They screwed us on our FPPs, but at least they paid everyone. Um, in general, they're mostly honest. At least as far as online poker sites go, they're the most honest by far. They're the most stable by far. But, 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 they're not perfect. And this is very indicative of that. This security guy working for PokerStars, I don't think he was in cahoots with him. I don't think he was trying to, uh, you know, I don't think he was working alongside with the criminals. But this guy got led along like a child. This guy got manipulated by the hotel staff. This guy did not have the player's interest in mind. This guy was led to whatever conclusions that the hotel wanted, and this guy was the least inquisitive security manager I've ever seen. A security manager needs to be naturally inquisitive. A security manager, when trying to figure out what happened, when trying to figure out if a crime has been committed, needs to figure out if everything fits together, if all the stories match up, if everything makes sense. 
And if there's even a single hole in the story, it's the security manager's job to plug that hole and figure out the truth. There are so many holes in the story that was given by the security person at the hotel about the cameras, about the laptop, about everything else, about blaming the friend. If you were to diagram the story, it would look like a piece of Swiss cheese. This was the worst story. I mean, you couldn't come up with much of a worse story than they did at the hotel. The cameras are broken? Then they're not broken? The laptop was in the lobby? Oh, no, we found it on the second floor, actually. Your friend did it, even though we have video proof that he didn't do it? I mean, this thing was all over the place, and the security guy never said, Hey, wait a minute, guys. None of this makes sense. I see why this jeans guy is so upset. Why don't you tell us the truth? What's really going on here? We at Poker Stars are not going to rest until we find out everything that's the entire truth. But that's not what they did. The security guy from Poker Stars pretty much brushed it off. Told him he actually had to leave a meeting after 30 minutes. They're having this security meeting to, to figure out what happened here. And they go, oh, look, I, I gotta go, but uh, good luck with that, everybody. Can you imagine? Poker Stars, this is your event. This is the hotel you sent everyone to. You have a degree of responsibility here. You should not just throw the players to the wolves and let the hotel continue to screw with them. Now, admittedly, Poker Stars is not the police. Admittedly, Poker Stars cannot physically force the hotel to turn over any video footage. They cannot physically force the hotel to do anything. But they can vote with their wallet, and they have a very big wallet. Poker Stars makes this hotel a lot of money. Now, someone on 2 Plus 2 mocked me for saying that, saying, The Arts Hotel is booked up solid all the time with with conferences, and if Poker Stars pulls out, they'll just replace them with someone else. So they're not going to give a crap what Poker Stars says. Okay, fine. If Poker Stars tries their best to exert their influence, the hotel gives them the middle finger, then Poker Stars says, "Okay, f you guys. We are not going to be part of this. Uh, we're not. We're going to pull the EPT out of here. We're not going to have anyone stay at this hotel anymore, and we're going to let the press know why." We're going to let everyone know why the EPT Barcelona has been cancelled. Because the Barcelona Arts Hotel steals. Now that they would care about. Even if they could replace all the rooms that would have been filled by the Poker Stars players with, with other people attending conferences, they would not want that up. They would not want the media covering that story. Especially a five-star luxury hotel associated with the Ritz-Carlton. Caller, you're on the air. Caller, hello. Hello. Yes. Hello? Yes, caller, you're on the air. Hello? Yes, who are you? I think someone's trying to call and see if I'm home so they can steal my laptop. <laughs> Surprised this guy didn't ask me if I want to make business. Anyway. I'm going to read you the the stupid statement by Lee Jones, who's uh, working for Poker Stars again. Let me uh, go to that. Should have had that ready, but as usual, I produce the show during the show. That's that's my trademark. I really don't like Lee Jones' statement. And I'll read it to you. 
and then we'll be done with this topic. By the way, while I'm loading that up, I, I, I'm sure you feel really sorry for this jeans guy, and I do too, but I'll tell you one thing that makes me feel less sorry for him. And that is, I asked him to be on this show. And did he say yes? Did he say no? No. He said neither. He said nothing. Now, I thought maybe with all the stress he's having, maybe he uh, got my email, my, my PM and forgot to respond to it. I mean, it happens to me all the time on Poker for Alert. Someone PMs me and then I forget to answer and they think I'm ignoring them. And I, I don't ignore anybody. So, But it happens. I, I ignore people accidentally sometimes. So I figured, hey, this guy's going through a lot. I, I don't have the right to expect him to promptly respond to me. Or, or to remember to respond to me. So I sent him another message and said, hey, you know, no problem. It's totally cool if you don't want to come on the show. And I, I don't really know this guy, so it's not like we have any kind of personal dealings with each other where he may not like me. At least not as far as I know. He didn't respond. And I, I would have thought it would have been nice, and I, I've been totally advocating for this guy in the thread. And not that there haven't been other people advocating for him, but, you know, I've been so pro this guy in the thread and he doesn't owe me anything. He doesn't owe me to be on this show. And if he doesn't want to be on the show, that's totally acceptable. A lot of people don't like coming on the radio to discuss things like that, and I totally respect that. But at least give me an answer. Hey, sorry, dude, don't want to appear on the show, or sorry, you know, I'd prefer not to. Whatever. I sent him two messages. The guy doesn't respond to me once, and it's been like you know five days now. So thought that was kind of rude. Not not to say he's he deserves this, but uh, um. And anyway, let me get to the Lee Jones post. And then uh, we'll end this topic. Then we'll try to call the Arts Hotel. Then we'll end the topic. Forget about that. Boy, man, I guess I've made a lot of posts here. Uh, Let's see here. I have a little trouble finding this. Just bear with me here. I really want to le- read Lee Jones' statement. Uh, let me try to search for this a different way. Let's see. Yeah, I can't find it. Let's see if PokerFuse has it. So really get these things ready before the show. Well, I can't find it. You you get you get a pass here, Lee. <laughs> but um anyway, Lee Jones was, was kind of dismissive. Lee Jones was kind of saying, look, you know, sorry about this. We did all we could. Um, here's some tips to keep your laptop secure in the in the future. And, uh, oh, I, I forgot the most damning thing from what Lee Jones said. His initial post about it, you know, confirming that this was really happening. He mentioned the police were contacted by poker stars. His follow-up post said, I erroneously reported that the police had, uh, were contacted. In reality, they weren't. That's my mistake. Sorry. I take responsibility for it. 
that just shows you how incompetent PokerStars was with this whole thing. First they say the police had been contacted, then they said it wasn't. Oh, I think I think uh, someone found the post for me. Um, yeah, this is the this is the initial post, not the post that uh, not the later post. But uh, but yeah, he did say that uh, the police was contacted in that initial. Yeah, we we have the Barcelona police involved too. He said in his initial post on September fifth, and then later he said no, they actually never got the police involved. Now now, how do you make that mistake? We have the Barcelona police involved too. A few days later, oh, sorry, yeah, we actually we never got the police involved. Like, like, that's not your mistake, Lee. It's the mistake of that same idiot who is investigating this. For uh, uh, that same guy who who was tricked probably at the hotel by uh, you know by the hotel people. Whoever that guy is has no business working, working security. I don't know who it is. But how do you? Erroneously report that the police are involved. The police are involved. Oh, actually, no, they're not. We forgot. <laughs> they're involved. That just shows you how out to lunch Poker Stars was with this whole thing. And you know what? This is the second time that something has happened in 2013 on the road at one of Poker Stars tournaments where they bungle something big time and then later are left to try to pick up the pieces and still don't do it right. The other one was at uh, the Atlantis, the PCA, where they had that stupid fail tournament where uh, they changed the rules midstream on that Zoom tournament. That didn't involve any kind of thefts or crime, but they uh, it was a, a really messed up situation and uh, the person in charge, the manager in charge, completely screwed the whole thing up and only later uh, did PokerStars try to handle it and make it right and still they didn't do it right. I'm not going to get into that whole thing again, but it just seems like whenever PokerStars is on the road, you know how some sports teams are really bad on the road? PokerStars is like a team that wins at home all the time, but like is under 500 on the road. PokerStars is terrible on the road. They have like the it's like a team that puts out their worst players on the road. They have all their stars playing at home, but they put out their worst players on the road. Like if the Dodgers were PokerStars, at home they'd have Adrian Gonzalez and Hanley Ramirez and Yasiel Puig and Clayton Kershaw and Zach Greinke. And on the road, they send out Chris Capuano and, and uh, Nick Punto and Jerry Hairston and uh, Skip Schumacher. It's pretty much like an entirely different team that goes out on the road for poker stars. And they need to correct that. They, they, they're a very rich company. They, they, have, they make money hand over fist to this day. They need to put some competent people out there on the road who can take charge of these situations whether it's a criminal situation or whether it's a situation where there's just something being done wrong, like at that tournament, and have an intelligent person there to make a snap decision on the fly that's empowered to make snap decisions on the fly that makes sense. Pay the guy well. That's what they need to do. Sounds like they send out a bunch of monkeys on the road because it's cheaper, and then they get themselves into trouble. So uh, this, this. By the way, thanks to Beer and Poker for sending me these uh, posts. I'm not going to read the whole thing from Lee Jones, but he said, "Hi, folks. This is two days after his first post. Here's an update from the past 24 hours. My first post said the police were involved. I was wrong about that. In the confusion, I thought we had contacted the police, but we hadn't. In the confusion, I thought we had contacted the police, but we hadn't. I mean, that, that pretty much tells the whole story here about how Poker Stars handled this whole situation." 
Then he goes to say, When I said we were taking it seriously, I meant it. Our head of live events security has spent the last 48 hours on very little else since Jens first reported this incident to us. Other staffers have given up time off and meals to attend meetings with hotel security people. Don't you feel bad for Poker Stars security people that they gave up their meals? That they went hungry to try to solve this? That they spent 48 hours straight on this? Look, if you spend 40 hours straight on this matter, and all you can come up with is, Duh, I think your friend did it. Then those are not very well spent hours. You might as well spent the hours stuffing your face at the hotel buffet. You shouldn't have skipped any meals if that's what you come up with. If all those holes in the hotel story let you just say, oh, okay, well, gotta go, only have 30 minutes here. If that's all that time yields, then you're not very good at your job. Then Lee writes, there's no evidence that any hotel staff are involved. What? Of course there is. I should point out that in other incidents, such as WCG Rider, doesn't involve third-party inside jobs. It's usually much easier just to make friends with the mark. So he's totally—he's talking about a totally separate situation, not, not at all having to do with the EPT or this hotel or anything, where, where some guy's friend um, put uh, spyware on his computer. Well, look, Lee, we're not denying that some people have scumbag friends that screw with their computer to spy on them playing online poker, but that doesn't mean that this is that situation. You know, it's it's like saying if somebody murdered me, and then and then when my girlfriend tries to investigate it, tries to push for an investigation of who killed me, they say, you know what? We think it's probably you because in most cases it's a spouse or or a lover. So um, we're not going to bother investigating um, who could have murdered Todd because it's probably you. Because in most cases, it's it's uh, more cases uh, than any other case. It's it's, uh, it's the person's lover or spouse. So that's it. That's that's the way it usually is. So investigation closed. That's outrageous. Pointing out a separate case that has nothing to do with this. Then he writes, We've been working with head of the hotel security from the start. At this point, both the local police and the national police have been contacted. The national police have a gambling crimes unit, and we hope they'll be involved in the investigation. So they're just grasping at straws here, contacting the police like a long time after the fact. And uh, notice they're not saying that they're going to pull out of the EPT Barcelona or pull out of the Barcelona Arts Hotel if they don't get satisfaction. Nowhere in Lee's statement, which I'm not going to read in its entirety, does he say that. So we don't even get that much. We don't even get the satisfaction that this is it. This is the last time this is going to happen. At least with this hotel. Poker Stars has not even decided yet to pull out, as far as I know. Unbelievable. They, they bungled this one big time. But okay. We're going to make a phone call to the Barcelona Arts Hotel. I hope my Skype covers Spain, because I only have three cents on my Skype. I just thought of that. I should have loaded up my Skype. Uh, I hope I can call Spain for free. If I can't, maybe we won't call the Barcelona Arts. Unless maybe it's an 800 number. Let's see, Barcelona Arts Hotel. Let's see if we can get a phone number for them. Let's see here. Contact. Please tell me there's an 800. Please tell me there's an 800. Dun, 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 dun. Now I see plus 34, plus 34. Damn it. It's all plus 34. Well... Let's see. I guess I'll just have to call this number and 
See if it'll let me do it. If it doesn't, then I, I'm sorry for not preparing properly. Forgot that I only have three cents to make long-distance calls that are not in the U.S. or Canada or a few other select countries. Hmm. It says Arts Barcelona. Let's see if you can call them on Skype. I think I may... Call phone. I just entered this phone. It's really weird. Yep, I don't have the money. Damn it. <laughs> I, mean, I guess I could buy some Skype credit right now. Alright, I screwed up on this one. Maybe we'll do it next week. I mean, it'll be old by that point. Uh, let's see. Buy Skype credit. I know, this is making great radio, me buying Skype credit here. I kind of want to call them, though. Someone saying in the chat, is this is Druff trying to take the title of 2013's Worst Produced Poker Podcast? I already have that title. Now I'm embarrassed here. Like I really wanted to call too. Yeah, now it's not even loading up. It's like buying the Skype credit is taking for eternity. Okay, we're gonna have to uh We're gonna have to uh table this for next week. I sorry about that. So sorry. It's just not letting me buy the damn Skype credit and I'm not gonna delay you guys any longer. Let's move on to the next topic. If anybody wants to call in in between, here seven seven five fraud fifty five seven seven five three seven two eight three five five. You can also call the Mount Charleston number seven zero two four three zero eighteen zero eight seven zero two four three zero eighteen zero eight. Look one last time. If there's a if there's any kind of uh, number to call them. 800. One last shot at this. No. Alright, we'll have to wait till next week. Bummer, but that's the way it is. Next topic. And we will call next week, though. I really apologize for this. I feel like an idiot. Maybe I'll even try later in the show to um, buy some Skype credit. Uh, since I don't see Eric Ryland, let's see if I can locate him. Well, let's see if I can call. I'm going to try to call Eric Ryland. I see he's on Skype, but a lot of times he doesn't answer. If we get him on the phone, I will uh, have him tell the story. Otherwise, I will tell his story. Eric Ryland was an update with him. Looks like he's not answering. So I will tell the story. So, Eric Ryland, as you heard last week, went to Laughlin to uh, basically have sex with a girl that he had uh, met in Vegas somewhere, but she lives by Laughlin. And he turned her into a cam whore. She was a sub uh, subway employee, 
like a manager of a subway in Bullhead City, Arizona. He convinced her to give up that job and become a full-time cam stripper. You know, the girls that you pay to see them strip on webcam? In the meantime, I'm going to take a call here. Call, you're on the air. Hello? Yes. Oh, now you're going to be quiet. Yes? I can't hear you. Well, then uh, get a hearing aid. Hmm. Good call. Thank you. He hung up on me, by the way. I didn't even hang up on him. It's so bad that the prank callers are not hanging up on me. I'm not even hanging up on them first. So, he says, so this is Ryland, by the way. He posts a picture of driving into Laughlin, the Welcome to Laughlin, Nevada illuminated sign. The L and the C in Welcome are dark, so they can't even get that working over there. So, uh, he, he meets up with a girl. They stay at the Tropicana Hotel. $60 room, which is actually pretty good in Laughlin. Good meaning it's a good room. Laughlin's so cheap. And uh, he paid an extra $20 for a fail view of the river in, in downtown Laughlin, which, believe me, is not worth $20. And uh, he, sa- he writes in his trip report, All I'm thinking is, wow, Druff would never get this top floor view room for being you know, being a cheap Jew like he is. He's right, I wouldn't. I wouldn't pay 20 bucks for that upgrade. I would for a good view, not, not for that view. Anyway, um, he says, Down below I could see two huge hot tubs and pool, thinking, all right, I'll hit this up with her sometime on the trip. Soon after I enter an epic nap, I was awoken with six missed calls. That's from the girl. All I'm thinking is, wow, she wants it bad. We go to a 24-hour restaurant and get a pizza at the bar at the Colorado Bell Casino. Uh, Not more than 30 minutes later, we are in bed sexing. She ends up spending the whole night all over me. And there's a picture of him kissing her. And she's a pretty girl. Not like drop-dead gorgeous, but a pretty girl. She's 21 years old. Ryland, I think, is 23 years, 24 or so. keep forgetting his exact age. Um, They they, they try to go to uh, Bubba Gump's. And and he said it tasted like uh, cafeteria food. Guess she's not an expensive date, though. Uh, He played some poker while there. And uh, I won't get into all that. But uh, here's the end of the story. The night after meeting up and banging this broad again, she whispered into my ear, I want to tell you something. And then he paused for a second and she said, No, I have to tell you something. So it went from I want to tell you something to I have to tell you something. And she whispered to him, I'm married, but I want to continue seeing you, and the marriage is not going to work out anyway. So Eric Ryland, going to Laughlin, Nevada, to have sex not one night, but two nights, with a former subway manager, who is now a cam whore, and wants to continue seeing him behind her husband's back. On the next current affair. So that's what happened. <laughs> I don't know if he's actually going to go back down there and do that. Now, I wondered 
where the hell's her husband? Like, how is she leaving for two full nights, and the husband's okay with that? How is she even doing this webcam stripping without him noticing? I thought maybe he's in the military or something. That's really weird. But uh, that's the update. Ryland really did go to Laughlin and had sex there in Laughlin. And the girl was married, despite only being 21. Despite the fact that she's become a cam whore since then. Despite the fact that she was somehow able to spend two consecutive nights with him all night. Somehow, she is married. Someone in the chat saying, Eric Ryland, the homebreaker. Someone else in the chat asking, does, his, does her husband know she's a cam whore? I don't know. Uh, I'd probably have to guess no. I, I think he doesn't know much of anything. And I think that uh, the husband's probably in the military or, or travels a lot or something. A lot of these girls who have these military husbands cheat on them all the time. Hello? Yes. Caller, you're on the air. Hello? Yes. Hello? Hello? Alright, I hung up on him this time. So either somebody's three-waying me on to uh, other people who are also confused, or it's a guy like spoofing his caller ID every time. I'm getting like different numbers. This time it was a 310 number calling. And just, hello? Hello? Last time, other weird accents. I, I think it's all the same guy. But whatever. You know, prank calls are part of the show. We make prank calls, we receive prank calls. So, uh, Eric Ryland, uh, you know, I don't believe he's a homewrecker because this marriage is obviously doomed. If she's 21 and cheating on her husband this badly already, uh, the marriage is over. Nothing Ryland did destroy that marriage. A, a homewrecker is really someone that takes a happy or moderately happy marriage and destroys it. Uh, it's, it's typically used for women who do that, though men can be homewreckers too, but uh, you know, the traditional homewrecker is the woman who uh, you know, might be prettier than, than uh, the guy's wife who, who she's going after, and uh, you know, the guy's perfectly happy with his wife, or at least okay with his wife, and then this uh, other woman comes and, and steals him away. Whereas if this had not happened, that the guy would have stayed with his wife. Uh, I, I don't think that's what's happening here. I think that this girl is going to leave her husband with or without Ryland ever being placed on this earth. So. And I know the guy was kidding in the in the chat room, but uh, I, I did want to make that distinction, because people sometimes think, oh my god, you're having sex with a married person, that's awful. And You know, I, I, I don't think it's a good idea to do that, but uh, you can also tell when marriages are done. And the commitment in a marriage is between the two married people, not between the married people and, and, and third parties who don't know them. So... Now, now, sometimes you're being tricked. Sometimes uh, the spouse thinks the marriage is totally fine. And they're, they're not, like, close to breaking up. In which case, you're kind of being used. And in which case, the other person's kind of being hurt through you, and you're being used as a tool for that. But I don't know. It's like, it's not something I would do. But I don't see these people as homewreckers or... or, or marriage destroyers or anything like that. Not unless they actually actively seek out to destroy a perfectly okay or happy marriage. So, that's what happened with uh, the girl Ryland met. And 
And in case anyone thought he was making up the story, he did post pictures all over the place. You can find it in the Flying Stupidity forum. He posted a very good trip report, and I appreciate that. So thank you, Ryland. You really brought a lot to Proker Fraud Alert in recent times. But he hasn't really... Uh, he hasn't really responded to anyone's questions since he posted this stuff, so hopefully we'll hear from him soon. Okay, on to the next topic. We're going to talk about uh, Full Tilt and the situation there. Now, as I said earlier, September 16th is the date that you can start applying to get your money back So, the way that you uh, you get this the get this website up here. I see another phone call coming in. Should I answer? Dare I answer? Okay. Caller, you're on the air. They just hung up on me. You gotta do better than that. I'm getting hang-ups. I'm getting weird accents. I really need better than that. Anyway, um, if you want to get your full tilt refund... How come I can't find this site anymore? Someone tell me in the chat room which site to go to. I, I totally don't have that in front of me either. This wasn't one of my more prepared shows. I actually prepared topics, I just didn't prepare material. So, uh... Let me see here. There we are. FullTiltPokerClaims.com That's it. So go to FullTiltPokerClaims.com Exactly as it sounds FullTiltPokerClaims.com Starting September 16th You can request Remission Of your Money that has been held by Full Tilt For the last uh, two and a half years If you're an American player You have to do this by November 15th So that means you have two full months From September 16th to November 15th If you don't You will miss the first wave of payments Which means if they end up Sending out all the money Or most of the money In this first wave Then you get whatever's left over in the second wave And if it's not 100% it's not 100% So you definitely want to Fill out this petition Sometime from the 16th of September To the 15th of November So you can have Access to the first wave of payments Very important to do I will remind you again next week and future weeks FullTiltPokerClaims.com but more interestingly is the exclusions that may be happening. Now, this may not be true. This is a rumor. This is a leak, supposedly. So take that for what it is. But this supposedly leaked out, this email. The following persons are excluded from the remission process and are not eligible for payment from Full Tilt Poker's fund. One, a past or present employee of Full Tilt or any of its past, present, past or present affiliates. Two, a past or present 
vendor of Full Tilt Poker that received compensation through Full Tilt Players' accounts. Three, a past or present Team Full Tilt player. I didn't realize player t- present, but yes, present. Four, a past or present shareholder of Full Tilt, Tiltware, Colemail Corporation, Pocket Kings, Philco, Vantage, Ranston, Mail Media, or Full Tilt Poker Limited. So they're listing all the companies there that were associated with Full Tilt. Um, a past or present officer or director of those same companies. Six, a defendant in any civil action or claimant in any forfeiture action brought by the Department of Justice related to the violations alleged in this action or any related action, any of his or her affiliates, assigns, heirs, distributees, spouses, parents, children, or controlled entities, and seven, a person who, as of the petition filing deadline, has been the subject of criminal charges related to the violations alleged in this action or any related action. Uh, so, so basically they're saying if... Uh, if we're trying to come after you criminally or civilly, then you cannot claim any of this money. If you were a shareholder of Full Tilt or any of its associated companies, you can't claim the money. If you were an officer of Full Tilt or any of the associated companies, you can't claim this money. If you're a Red Pro, past or present, you can't get the money. If you're a past or present vendor who were paid by Full Tilt money, meaning if you, if you did anything, like you know, let Full Tilt advertise in your magazine and they uh, paid you through Full Tilt money, you can't get money from this fund. And if you're a past or present employee of Full Tilt or, or its past or present affiliates, you can't get the money. So what does this mean? Now the definitions here, while specifically listed in some ways, are also very broad. For example, what do they mean by affiliates? Do they mean affiliates like uh, um, yeah, entities that are associated with Full Tilt? Or do they mean traditional poker affiliates to where you click on a banner and the affiliate gets part of your rate from uh, referring you? Is that what they mean by affiliates? So is anyone who uh, managed an affiliate program not eligible to receive Full Tilt money if they also had a Full Tilt account with money stuck on there? What about vendors? What if you owned a magazine? Or what if you did some other... What if Full Tilt did some other work for... you? Sorry, you did work for Full Tilt. And they paid you by transferring you Full Tilt money, which is the way they would do it. Are they saying that because you ever got paid even a dollar in Full Tilt money for being a Full Tilt vendor, that you cannot make any kind of claim on your money? Now, the rest of the stuff makes sense. Um... As far as a present Team Full Tilt player, I don't see how that should matter because uh, the present Full Tilt is totally different than the past Full Tilt. Maybe the same software, but it's run by PokerStars, a totally different company. And in fact, they're the ones who uh, contributed the money to this fund in the first place. So I don't see why present Team Full Tilt players should not be able to uh, qualify. Though I don't know how many Americans are, are present players. As far as past Full Tilt Red Pros, I agree somewhat, but not to the degree they're saying here. Uh, keep in mind that not all Full Tilt Red Pros, that is, Team Full Tilt members, were created equal. Some of them were getting huge distributions every month. For example, Phil Ivey was getting like a million bucks a month. He definitely should not be getting any money, no matter how much he had stuck on Full Tilt, because he, he got paid way, way more than he could ever have currently stuck on there in distributions. Uh, Eric Lindgren got 250 k a month. Same thing. But there are other Red Pros who didn't have a monthly salary or monthly distribution, they were just getting extra rake back, where they would get paid nothing if they did not play, and all they were getting was basically something like 100% rake back. 
Now that's still getting paid something. You know, everybody else is only getting twenty-seven percent rake back. Uh, these full tilt players are getting, uh, you know, the full tilt red pros at the very least were getting one hundred percent rake back, I think. But just because you got some extra rake back doesn't mean that you should lose a large sum of money that you either won on the site or that you got through deposits. So, let's say you had a hundred thousand on full tilt, but in rake back you've received twenty k total lifetime. And rake back, I mean extra rake back, you know, over what a regular player would get for being a red pro. My opinion is that they should subtract whatever you got paid by full tilt, you know, kind of assuming that this was the player's money that was being spent. So if you got paid 20k in extra rake back by being a full tilt red pro, and you had 100k in your account, I would think that it would be fair to give you 80, 100 minus 20k. I don't think it would be fair to confiscate your whole 100k that you legitimately had on there just because 20k of that was from payments uh, in the form of extra rakeback. I just don't think it's fair. What if someone earned $100 in extra rakeback and they had 100k in their account? You're telling me they have no access to their, to their total 100k just because they once got $100 in extra rakeback or because they got $100 as a vendor payment? That would be totally unfair and totally arbitrary as far as uh, denying people access to the full tilt fund. Now, I fully agree that anyone who benefited in any way from full tilt, that that should be subtracted from whatever they're getting back, because they were paid with the player's money. Even if they didn't know it, it's kind of not fair to them, but that's the way it goes. You you know, if the full tilt was paying extra rake back to people, well, sorry, you don't get your extra rake back, because full tilt turned out to be shady and stole all the player's money. So, I can understand subtracting that. I can understand not paying into the full tilt owners who are getting distributions. But I think basically whatever anyone received from full tilt, whether they're a vendor, whether they are a uh, an affiliate, whether they are even a small percentage owner of full tilt, whatever is in their account should be subtracted from whatever their balance is, and that's what they should be paid, except for the major owners and major officers of Full Tilt who were the cause of this whole thing. They deserve nothing. So it's not clear that this is really what's going to happen, but if it is, it'll be very unfair, and some people will get really screwed. I will not get screwed. Most others will not get screwed here. But um, I think that's uh, otherwise totally unfair. Also, as it was brought up in the thread here on, on Poker Fraud Alert and the Scam Scandals and Shadiness Forum by Beer and Poker, that they should also make a priority system where he's saying number one priority should be people who are regular full tilt users who have nothing to do with any kind of uh, anything that had to do with full tilt. You're not an affiliate, you're not a vendor, you're not a red pro, you're nothing. Just regular players like me, for example. Number two, affiliates. Number three, red pros. And number four, team pros who uh, um didn't have ownership, but we're drawing a salary. And number five, if there's anything left over at that point, then give it back to Poker Stars. They're the ones who paid it in the first place. That's uh, Beer and Poker's idea. I think it's a pretty good idea, actually, having five different waves of paying people. That would also be fair. Um, in fact, that would actually be the most fair. That would be even more fair than what I proposed, to be honest. But uh, if you're not going to do these waves, then just subtract, like I said. But don't don't totally deny them the money. That's not fair. The only people who should be totally denied from claiming any money should be ones who had any kind of hand in what happened. But we'll see. 
um, it's possible that Garden City Group, who's managing this, did not think about this. Maybe they, they made these rules and didn't really think about it. Maybe they didn't really consider the implications here. They're just like, oh yeah, full tilt, anyone, anyone who's affiliated, uh, you know, any vendors, blah, 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 they're not eligible, blah, 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 and they didn't think about the ramifications here. Someone in chat saying, I read it as affiliates equal people that represented the site, red pros, and not actual poker affiliates. It's very possible, but as I pointed out in the thread, even if when they say affiliates in that statement, they don't mean traditional poker affiliates, they may consider affiliates to be vendors. Because remember, they said vendors is anyone who got paid for their services in full tilt dollars, and that's basically what affiliates did. Affiliates got paid extra from your play in full tilt dollars. You know, like if you generated uh, $100 in rake, and the deal the affiliate had is they get 10%, they would get $10 transferred to their full tilt account. So they're equivalent to a vendor. So they would still be covered under that statement, even if the term affiliate is not what we think it is at first glance. So that really wouldn't be fair. I think the most fair solution is the one Beer and Poker proposed, a, a wave thing where you uh, you pay everybody first who had nothing to do with anything with full tilt and then go down the line. Or some kind of hybrid of the two. Maybe subtract first, and then like I said, but then include everybody, and then for the remaining money that was subtracted, then start paying that with any remaining money if there is any. Bobby Orr asking in chat, shouldn't the DOJ be making the rules and these fucks just distribute the money? You know, unfortunately, I I would think so too, but unfortunately it looks like the DOJ has handed the entire task to them. Just, you guys make the rules, you guys distribute as you see fit. Kind of messed up. All right, the same person from Washington, D.C. is calling me here. Just in case it's President Obama, I'm going to answer. President Obama, you're on the air. Now, you, see, Obama just hung up on me. It's true I didn't vote for him. But there's no reason to prank call my show. So someone is enjoying their time with a spoof card or wherever they got to uh, prank my radio show with a bunch of different phone numbers. But uh, I have news for you. I can see through those spoof cards if I want to. I just don't have it set up right now. But beware, if you keep pranking this show with hang-up calls, I might have to turn that on. And I can really see through spoofed numbers. I'm not kidding. I can. So. And by the way, I don't mind prank calls, but at least make them entertaining and original. Don't just call me a million times and hang up. That's not funny or interesting. So... Go to fulltiltpokerclaims.com on September 16th. Make sure to do that. And if you forget, do it next week on the 17th. All right, so moving along here to our next topic. WorldSeriesOfPoker.com is supposedly going to launch real money games on September 16th. As far as I know right now, there is no official statement about that. But that's the rumor. See if there's anything further. I'm googling it right now. No. So I could end up looking stupid again and uh, Seth Polanski could end up making fun of me. But keep in mind that uh, they had a promotion that uh, if you signed up at the World Series itself, which I actually did, they had these uh, bimbos there 
holding iPads that you would sign up to WorldSeriesOfPoker.com with. And if you did it through those bimbos at the World Series, which you had to do it in person, you couldn't do it online, that then you would be able to enter some $100,000 free roll or something that was taking place in October. The significant thing here is not the bimbos, but the date of October. I think it was like October 16th or October 14th. It was October something. So obviously they have to go up before then, or they're going to look really stupid, that the free roll you qualified for they won't be ready for. Not that they couldn't just delay it and say whatever we're going to run in October is now running in December two months later, but you know, I would think they want to get up before then and not look like that they're stalling. So I wouldn't be surprised if it really goes up on the 16th, but they have not announced it yet. I am part of the. I am on the World Series of Poker official mailing list, and I have not received any information about that. But that is the rumor right now as to what's happening. So. Question is, will the WorldSeriesOfPoker.com software be any good? Will the customer service be any good? Will the benefits be any good? Will we have good rake back? Will we earn total rewards credits for playing on there? Again, it'll only be a Nevada site, at least for now. So you won't be able to play unless you're physically standing in the state of Nevada. It doesn't matter where you live, but you have to physically be standing in the state of Nevada to play, just like on Ultimate Poker. How good will it be? Will it be a big step up above Ultimate Poker? Or will it be a step far below Ultimate Poker? Or will it be around the same? Or will it have different problems of Ultimate Poker? We don't know. They have taken a lot longer to launch. Some people think it's because they're letting Ultimate Poker stumble and fail as the first to market site. And then once they see all the mistakes they made, they will sweep in and say, alright, here we are. We're not going to make the same mistakes because we saw the mistakes you made and we have already corrected them before we even launched. So, haha. Now, here we are and we're the better option and come to us and we're the more trusted brand because we're WorldSeriesOfPoker.com and you're just Ultimate Poker. Very possible that might happen. A guy on 2 Plus 2 was posting that he was a beta tester for the World Series of Poker software and that he really liked it. He thought the pokers, the WSOP.com software was far superior to the Ultimate Poker software, but who knows? That's one guy's opinion, and who knows if he's even telling the truth. But that's what someone claims on 2 Plus 2, that the software is much better. Um, how will the support be? A lot of people are saying, oh, I don't like Ultimate Poker's support. I bet WSOP.com will do better. I wouldn't count on that. Caesars, in general, is terrible with customer service and customer support. Absolutely terrible. I can tell you that this extends in all ways. It extends to the World Series itself. It extends to their hotels. It extends to their total rewards program. It extends to their hosts. It extends to their promotions. It extends to everything. I mentioned this on the forum. I'm not going to go a long time about this, but I came there last week for a $400 Visa gift card promotion where they're supposed to give me one $400 Visa gift card. I show up there. They said, sorry, we're out of bigger gift cards. We have to give you eight $50 gift cards. Which at first sounds okay, but these are Visa gift cards. So if I want to spend my $400 that they gave me, I have to carry around eight Visa cards with me and use them $50 at a time. What a pain in the ass. If you think about it, $50 is not very much money. 
you can't even pay a bill with $50. If I like, want to pay my phone bill, I've got to use a few cards uh, one after the other. If I want to go to dinner, I have to bring a few cards with me. It's such a pain in the ass. Can I do it? Yes. But it, it's a pain in the ass, and I would have to go register each of the cards separately online. It's a, such a stupid process. Why couldn't they just carry enough big cards? But that's just the way Caesars runs. And by the way, thanks to PLOL for buying these cards off of me so I don't have to handle this. He got a $10 discount, but it's worth it. So he made 10 bucks on the whole thing, and I saved some headache. But he, he he can handle the headache better than me. He's a lot younger than I am. But anyway, Caesars is very disorganized. Their customer service is going to be terrible. I can already tell you. Maybe they'll surprise me, but I think it's a very high chance that the customer service for WSOP.com is going to be awful. It's going to make you wish you had Ultimate Poker running the customer service, even though they're kind of marginal themselves. Um, it's possible the software's better. They've had a longer time to develop it. They may have sunk more money into developing it. Ultimate Poker software honestly isn't that good. And they have all kinds of problems there. So, I think it's possible it'll be better software. What will be the better playing experience? I think probably WSOP.com, just because they'll probably have more people. Just the average player is going to want to deposit on WSOP.com because it's a better-known brand, because it's associated with the World Series. That's where the average donkey is going to want to deposit, and not so much on Ultimate Poker. So I think Ultimate Poker is going to be in trouble, and I think Ultimate Poker kind of let time get away from them. I, I think they were smart to be first to market. I think that they also didn't prepare properly. And I think also Ultimate Poker's secrecy in that nobody knew they were going to pop up and then they just showed up, I think that hurt them because they didn't really get to consult the community for what the community wanted and needed, or even hire anyone to consult with them. Now, I've been playing on Ultimate Poker recently, and I can tell you that, uh, well, I, I kind of enjoyed the games there. Um, I I don't like the software. I don't like a lot of things about it, and I think a lot of these things, did, a lot of these mistakes, did not have to be made. So um, I've actually been having a, an open conversation on Two Plus Two on the Internet Poker Forum there, in a thread called "Ultimate Poker Launched for Thirty Thirteen." I've been having a conversation with them regarding Ultimate Poker. The people I've been talking with out there have been Terrence Chan. Yes, the Terrence Chan, the same one who was the uh, well-known player on Poker Stars, the really good limit player who once won two big tournaments in one day. That Terrence Chan, who now works for Ultimate Poker. And the guy who calls himself Dex, who uh, has been handling a lot of the interfacing with players on 2 Plus 2. And he's also supposedly a former... uh, poker star supernova. So um, I'm going to get to my conversation. I'm going to read what I said, then what Terrence said, then what I said. Now I'll give you my uh, ultimate belief on this whole thing. See what bothers me about Ultimate Poker. I'm not reading anything yet, but uh, what bothers me about Ultimate Poker is that they didn't think before they designed their software. They didn't even think before they designed version 2 of their software. Now, you have to understand that Ultimate Poker 
has a restriction in that they cannot just release new versions willy-nilly. They have to get all kinds of approvals from the Nevada Gaming Commission before they release any change to the software, which is a pain in the ass. It means if there's a bug, if there's a small thing they want to change, they can't do it without going through a lot of hassle. So that explains why they can't just you know quickly update the software, and I totally get that. But that does not explain, when they do update their software, why they don't get things done. Why they don't fix major things that need to be fixed. Why they don't fix minor things that are very annoying that would be very easy to fix. And why they didn't get the whole thing right the first time. When I say the whole thing, I don't mean that they had to be a perfect site equivalent to today's PokerStars. I just mean that uh, there were a lot of terrible design flaws that they would not have had if they really thought about what they were doing before they did it. So this is what I wrote to Terrence Chan. A little uh, blurb here. Not very long. Terrence, you're a bright guy, worked for PokerStars, and have a lot of experience in online poker. How is it that there are major feature omissions like waiting lists? There's no waiting list on there. Can you believe it? I didn't write that. I'm just telling you guys. Did you not notice this yourself? Do they not respect your feedback or suggestions? Just shocks me that they would hire a guy like you in a director in a role like director of player ops and then have long-running problems such as lack of a waiting list and the draw for the button flaw. The draw for the button flaw I've talked about before here where uh, people can angle shoot by... Uh, you, when you when you sit down in a new game, heads up, you draw for the button and people can use that to angle shoot. I, I won't bother describing how, but I'm sure you can figure it out if you didn't hear my previous broadcast discussing it. So I wasn't sure if Terrence would answer me, but he did. Gave a pretty long answer to me, actually. He said, hi... These are fair questions, so I'll do my best to respond in earnest here. Just to clarify, Player Ops is not product development, though they do ask my opinion, and I've, I've logged a lot of online poker in my time. It's more overseeing support, the anti-fraud collusion team, the deposits cash-out team, as well as being a community liaison for 2 plus 2 and, and elsewhere. Dax has been the guy who's been most prominent here, but a lot of what he was doing was basically saving my ass the first few months when support was absolutely overwhelmed and I didn't have time to be here. In any case, while I don't specifically do product development, I do have enough insight on the product development pipeline to know that things like waiting lists and button problem are on there. By the way, I don't think Terrence knows I am Kilowatt on 2 plus 2. That's who I am on 2 plus 2 is Kilowatt. I don't think he knows Kilowatt is Dandruff, which may or may not matter. I, I, I don't really know what Terrence thinks of me. I, I don't know if Terrence likes me or dislikes me or is neutral. I, I've never been able to tell what Terrence thinks of me. To be Like, a lot of people in poker I can tell without them even saying a word if they like me or dislike me. Terrence, I've never been able to get a, to get a read on him with his personal feelings toward me. So it really could be anything. Now, I have no problem with him, but um, who knows? Some people like me, some people dislike me. Anyway, going on. So there's lots of other things, obviously, and it's a struggle for resources. For every person who is pissed at the lack of wait list, there might be five who are pissed that we don't have a Mac client. We've got a big player base in New Jersey which is awaiting our launch, so is there, there's work to be done to make our software New Jersey compliant in much the same way it took a very long ten, not time to make our software Nevada compliant. Some people don't play with us because we don't have PLO or mixed games. People like to make fun of us by saying stuff like, you had time to make silly avatars but not wait lists. But obviously the people who draw up avatars are not the same people who implement a feature like waiting lists, and the two tasks are apples and oranges. And we did fix a lot of stuff in the update, like the focus stealing and the deal speed, both of which were really big user complaints from the original software, plus the VIP program, resizable tables, late registration, and a bunch of other other less visible things too. Rome wasn't built in a day. I'm glad you brought up PokerStars, because when I was there at the beginning, in some capacity or another from 2001 to 2004, it was no picnic. 
Getting woken up at 3 a.m. because of a site crash is normal for me. We had lots of crashes and glitches. Because, you know, Terrence worked for PokerStars during those years. It wasn't always smooth sailing like it is today. It took time. Now, it was a little bit easier in those days because we weren't held up by strict regulation, but the parallels remain. It was a startup, and it was learning as it went. There were many days at Stars where I wanted to put my faith through an office wall, but I stuck with it because I believed in it. The day I stopped believing in Ultimate Poker's capacity to improve will be the day I leave. Kind of sounds like Seabock, right? But I'm confident we're at least sailing in the right direction, even if the waters are pretty rough right now. Building this stuff isn't easy. There's a ton of it that goes into behind the scenes. Everyone's waiting for Caesars to, in your words, quote, crush us. But I was very surprised when they didn't launch at the beginning of the World Series or at the beginning of the main event. And that's when I realized the kind of work the software team put in to make this thing compliant. Of course I want button issues fixed, rebuys fixed, action opening properly, better hand history, better font resizing, better client stability, and of course and all these things, but I respect the work that went into creating the product the way it is now I expect it to be better, and again if I didn't think there's any chance we'd get there I wouldn't be here and then he invited me, though thinking probably that I'm just this kilowatt guy and not necessarily Dan Druff, to come by and see him at the Red Rock today this is a few days ago this is what I said back to him Terrence, thank you for your long response I am not expecting software miracles for Ultimate Poker. I never had any delusion that I would ult- open Ultimate Poker and see software equi- equivalent to mo- modern poker stars. I don't think anyone else did either. However, the problems here go far beyond high expectation for software or features. Ultimate Poker's management has appeared to be a combination of overwhelmed, out of touch, and dismissive. You mentioned hand histories. That's a great example. If the site had consulted anyone experienced with online poker, such as yourself, they would have realized that the hand histories were horrendous and totally industry non-standard. Why didn't they do this? Why weren't waiting lists included in the first place? Did they really need player feedback to realize this? The whole site just has the appearance of something slapped together by people who have no clue regarding the needs and desires of online poker players, and probably tested by those same people as well. Ultimate Poker has a big advantage over 2001 Poker Stars in that the online poker industry is now 15 years old, and there are thousands of long-time grinders to choose to test and consult on your software. Some of these omissions and mistakes are inexcusable for a site developed in 2013. When I heard you join the team, I was thrilled because I pictured you as, quote, that guy, the intelligent, experienced online poker player who could set them straight about the various failures in design. If that was never your job, I understand... But then the company really crapped the bed by not hiring someone in that capacity. For example, had Ultimate Poker hired me to consult regarding their software design, a lot of this could have been avoided. The crashes would still be there, but at least a lot of the design flaws and other obvious mistakes would never have occurred. I'm not saying that I'm anyone special. Any one of thousands of people could have done this consulting job, and it would have cost your company very little. You use the phrase, Rome wasn't built in a day, but I think the more appropriate trite phrase here is, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Ultimate Poker had 15 years, of worth, 15 years worth of industry history to draw upon, as well as the collective experience of thousands of professional online grinders, and they apparently did not utilize either one. It seems they built from scratch and mostly disregarded everything that has been learned within the industry since 1998. Also, it appears that support has been hit and miss, both on this forum and via email. Remember the whole Verify Cams mess where UB cheater Greg Pearson's company, Iovation, was involved? It was bad enough that Ultimate Poker let this occur without realizing who they were working with, but the initial response on this forum was very dismissive. We were told they would keep using iOvation unless they lost their license to provide the services. This was an extremely callous and cavalier attitude toward the community, and I think was indicative of the big problem with Ultimate Poker management. They were not bad people, but just really out of touch with the poker community. 
That needs to change, or Ultimate Poker will not be long for this world. You won't be the only game in town for much longer. So we actually had a few more discussions back and forth that I won't bother to read. You can go read it yourself if you want. But uh, what I just said there pretty much says it all. Uh, Their excuse was, hey, we can't have everything. You want mixed games, you want PLO, you want... uh, uh, you know, you want all these great features, and we can't just slap them all up at once. We can't, if we're first to market, we can't have everything your heart desires. And I understand that. And that's why I'm not criticizing them for lacking features. That's why I'm not criticizing them for the bugs they have right now where it crashes. It's a pain in the ass. I hate it. But I'm not criticizing them because I, I understand software development. I was a software developer myself for, for almost 10 years prior to uh, becoming a professional poker player. So I, I understand the challenges that are involved with rushing a product to market. Um, but what I don't understand is how you make certain mistakes in the first place that should never be made. Someone came up with a hand history format. Someone said, hey, you know what? I think we should display the hand histories this way. And then pick, picked a horrible way to display hand histories that nobody can understand. So someone consciously made that decision. Someone consciously programmed the hand histories to display that way. It is no easier to program the hand histories to display that way than it is to program them to display in a very user-friendly way. They just didn't bother to think about what is the proper way to display hand histories. And that's what I wonder, how do you develop a poker site and not think about how do you display hand histories when PokerStars has been doing it right for 15, or not 15 years, but for, uh, you know, for more than 10 years, when Full Tilt was doing it right for all that time, when plenty of other sites have been doing it right for all this time. Why is displaying a, a readable hand history a challenge? Why do you need to be told hand histories need to be clear? Why not just do it? It's not hard. It's not like they don't have hand histories. They have them. They just chose a terrible format. Why? They obviously did not consult with anyone who plays poker when they made those hand histories. What about the waiting list? Not a hard thing to implement. Um, it's also a very standard thing. Uh, Planet Poker in 1998 had waiting lists. Very, very easy to program. Very simple. Any any poker site that had this in the 90s, you know it's not very hard. So... I can tell you from a programming standpoint, even though I've never programmed a poker site, I can tell you it would not be difficult to implement a waiting list. It wouldn't be as easy as some of the other fixes, but it would not be hard. This is not something you skip. You can skip things like PLO, like mixed games. like Those those are still only appealing to a fringe part of the online poker community. I'm not saying they shouldn't have these games. I'm saying that uh, you can omit those games and not lose a huge percentage of your player pool for the time being. But you can't omit waiting lists. That's a, a basic feature. That's like uh, building a car in 2013 with no air conditioner or no power windows. You just don't do it. There's basic features that have to exist. So it's awful. Like, you know, a game's full. You want to get in it. You have to just sit there and stare at the stupid computer for a seat to open up and hope your mouse clicks fast enough on the open seat before someone else can click fast. So you could be waiting three hours for the seat and someone could walk up waiting for a minute and get it before you. It's totally unfair. And they didn't mean for it to be unfair. They just, for some reason, didn't think waiting lists were important. I, how could you release with no waiting list? It's crazy. So it's that type of stuff. And then, you know, when they release version 2 and they don't fix the button exploit. Like, why let people still exploit that? Why let people still angle shoot with a button? It's such an easy thing to fix. That one is much easier than adding waiting lists. That's a really easy fix. You give me the program, 
And even though I'm not familiar with any of the programming of this software, obviously because I've never seen it, I could fix that quickly in a matter of hours or less. Maybe even one hour. This this stupid uh, draw for the button bug. Why don't they fix that? Especially since they can't just uh, fix things quickly. Especially because they have to fix things and then get all the approval. So so why leave that out of version 2 when they know that version 3 is far off? Why make people suffer for another few months? Why Why make people pissed off like this? It's just being out of touch. And as I said, I don't think they're bad people. I don't think they're scammers. I don't think this is being done on purpose. I don't think there's anything shady going on. Nothing like that. I have nothing against Terrence Chan. I believe Terrence when he says this was not his job. It probably isn't. They probably just did not appoint anyone to this job. There's probably no one doing this job. They probably did not hire a single experienced online poker player to run through the software for a few days, play a lot of hands, and come back and say, okay, this is what sucks about it. This is what you need to change immediately. Then this is what you need to change, but not immediately, but sometime in the future. Like, they needed a list of, like, urgent changes and changes that uh, should be done sometime in the future, and then whatever they missed on the first pass before they, you know, released the first time, they should definitely have gotten in version 2. They did not do either of these things. I think they just are not consulting experienced online poker players. So finally I said, alright, look. I volunteer. How about you hire me? And I wasn't kidding. How about you hire me as a consultant? I, I, I can't be a programmer again. I, I can't spend uh, 40 hours a week programming. I don't have the time for that anymore in my life. But uh, um, how about you hire me as a consultant to do this job for version 3? And I guarantee I will make the software a lot better, at least uh, if they follow my directions. And I will. I know what everyone wants. I know what's important, what's unimportant. I know what they can delay and what they should do right now. And I understand the uh, computer science concepts behind that because I was a software engineer for, uh, for almost 10 years. So I posted that. Still didn't say specifically who I am, though it's easy to find out. I don't hide under the name Kilowatt. So anyway, I, I got a uh, message tonight, actually, that, uh, you know, they're willing to discuss that with me. Still not knowing who I am yet. So we'll see. Maybe uh, maybe I'll be a consultant for, uh, for Ultimate Poker. And I, I said at the end of my last message to them, I'm like, look, if you don't want to hire me as a consultant, no problem, no offense, you know, I'm not going to be pissed. But uh, good luck. WorldSeriesOfPoker.com is about to come up and... Uh, if you don't get these things taken care of, if you don't make the community happier, it's going to be a ghost town. So, good luck to you. And I mean that, you know? Like, I, I, I don't hate them. I, I play there. I mean, if I hated them, I wouldn't play there. I wouldn't give them my rake money. So I, I still play there. I just think, uh, I, I think they made a lot of big mistakes. And it wasn't just because they rushed. I, I think it's also because they were too secretive. Uh, I think that, you know, you remember, remember when they went up, like, nobody had any warning. You heard about the South Point was coming, you heard about WSOP.com coming, and none of them came. And then the one that did come was one we hadn't heard of. Ultimate Poker, just bang, one day they're up. We're like, wow, April 30th, there we are. We have a legal online poker room, nobody knew it was going to come up. They probably did this in super secret, and for that reason did not consult any online poker grinders because they felt they couldn't trust them. And I, I'm imagining Terrence Chan probably could have done the job, but he probably had so many tasks with the, with the company there that he did not have the time to do this. So when he said it wasn't his job, he probably wasn't kidding. So they just did not have a consultant to go through the entire software and, and uh, 
let them know what really needs to be fixed, what should be changed, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They just did not hire someone like that. I think partially out of secrecy, and I think it really hurt them. But secrecy wasn't an excuse for version two. Once they were out, then there was no more secrets. So definitely, they should have hired someone at that point. So maybe they're interested now, and uh, you know, if they hire me, I'll do a good job for them. Uh, and you know, if I'm working for them. You better believe I'll root for them to beat WSOP.com, even if they just hire me as a temporary consultant, you know. Um, anybody who has faith in me like that, uh, I'll root for them to, to work out. But, uh, hey, I, I really do have a lot to, to offer with that. Just, uh, I, I have a good mind for this sort of thing, you know. Everybody has strengths and weaknesses, and as far as, uh, you know, I have tons of experience playing online poker for 12 and a half years and, you know, millions of hands and, and just a good mind for this sort of thing. So there's there's plenty of things I'm not good at, but this will be, will be one thing that I'm very good at and I, I hope they recognize it. I don't really need the money. I'm not going to work for free, but, uh, you know, I'm not doing this because I'm desperate for work, but, uh, you know, if they want to hire me, great. So, I'll let you guys know. Uh... Lou Father asking in the chat, Druff, how much experience do you have watching free internet porn? Are you good at it? I'll answer honestly. I'm not good at it, and I don't do it much. If you ask me where the best internet porn is, I, I couldn't tell you. I, I know of some internet porn sites, but I, I really don't do it very often. Um, I, I'm just not... Uh, I, I've never been a big porn watcher, ever. It's not from any kind of lack of sex drive or anything. Like, I just... I just was never all that into porn. Watched some, like like any guy has, but uh, I'm sure I've watched much less than average amount of porn compared to your uh, typical guy who's uh, who's 40. <laughs> so, now I'm being asked what type of porn I watch. Now I'm going to stop there. Nothing too crazy, nothing too freaky. I'm not watching some uh, super out-there porn. But, uh, anyway. want to thank uh, Unlearn. I don't know who he is, but Unlearn in the chat said, Druff, ship whatever first place was tonight to next week's prize pool. So I don't know who he is, but uh, thank you. guess he won the tournament. Congratulations. So that's the story with Ultimate Poker, and I hope I can help. You know, everything I've said about them on past broadcasts, uh, it was the truth, and it was it was honest, but it, you know, unlike companies like UB that I would never have worked for because they're shady, I've never felt Ultimate Poker was shady. I just felt that uh, they weren't managing the site right. I just felt that uh, the software was not developed properly. And I think I can fix a lot of these things if, if uh, given the power to do so. So we'll see. Well, we had another uh, scandal involving stolen money in an online poker site where the site itself steals the money, not where uh, a hacker steals it. A lot of times these small skins are not making very much money at all. Like, you, you go onto a poker site, a small poker site, I'm talking about, like, not poker stars of full tilt, but I'm talking about one of these really small sites that you probably haven't heard of very much. 
Sometimes they have a very nice web page And you get the mistaken impression That it's a big operation And they try to give you that impression Sometimes they even have like live support staff That's there 24-7 And you think, oh, it's got to be a big operation But no, that's all outsourced uh, A lot of times these are really one-man operations A lot of times these skins These small poker sites are really just uh, Run by some dude Living in his mom's spare bedroom I'm not even exaggerating I literally have known guys living in their mom's spare bedroom Who could not afford to move out of mommy's house Running online poker skins I'm not even exaggerating one bit So they're often very cash poor Often stealing money from their customers Is a way they make money Especially if they're part of a network That does not enforce this Because if you remember A lot of these sites are just Interfaces into a network Of all a bunch of little sites together So there's the skin Which feeds you into the network And then there's the network itself Now if the network itself Was a responsible network Then they would kick off These skins that steal from people Or they would hold all the money themselves And not let the skins steal from people But the on-game network Has been shady For a very long time I think they've even changed ownership a few times, but uh, I remember back in like 04 or 05 they were shady and, and people were, you know, skins were stealing money, just outright stealing money from its players and on game would not get involved and they would continue to let these scam skins continue to operate on the network. They wouldn't do anything. They say it's between you and the skin, tough luck. I don't care if they stole from you, they can still be on our network. That's really what they would say. We're not getting involved. So. There's a limit player I know He goes by a few names BBBB, Fuzzy Wuzzy Other names He's a very under the radar guy Um, So under the radar that I I don't even feel Comfortable revealing that much about him Because I might be violating his privacy I know his real name, I've met him in person many times Um, I've played with him A whole lot in online poker Played with him a little bit live, but not much He's almost exclusively an online player He did move out of the country after Black Friday He's a US player but he moved out of the country After Black Friday so he could continue playing uh, Online poker Very successful Only plays Limit Hold'em He plays a tiny bit of other stuff But almost exclusively Limit Hold'em And and has really milked a lot of money out of the game over the years And continues to do so So um, Despite all that Despite all the money he's made If I told you his name, which I'm not going to do If I told you his name, I guarantee you Almost none of you would have any clue who he is You wouldn't go Oh, that's who that is, no Guarantee almost none of you would know the guy From his real name Even if I told you his screen names You might recognize his star's name But that's about it You would barely recognize the guy That's how under the radar he is He also does not have any kind of significant tournament results He, uh I think had one six fig- low six-figure score a long time ago And other than that He's actually run pretty bad in tournaments It's like whenever this guy plays tournaments It seems like he loses So, um, anyway Very successful though In limit online play I also do not know of this guy Having any kind of dishonesty issues Never known him to chip dump Never known him to multi-account Never known him to cheat or collude in any way He seems like an honest guy Uh, I've never heard about any stories About him being dishonest in any way So That will play into this story Here's what he wrote He posted on Poker Fraud Alert and 2 Plus 2 Bet safe 
slash on game stole $6,000 from me. I am a professional limit hold'em player and have been since 2000. I started playing on the on-game network on Betfair in January 2012. They switched over to the iPoker network, so I deposited 5000 on Betsafe, because he still wanted to play on on-game after Betfair switched, for my MoneyBookers account to play on the on-game network again after, they heard, after I heard they still had action there. I started playing on Friday, September 6th. I first sat at 100-200 limit hold'em, heads up, with a player. I won the first hand and he buttoned me, meaning the guy just played his button and left. I then sat at 100, 200, 50, 100, and 25, 50 open tables. So he's just waiting for someone to sit with him. The player XBuddha42 sat with me at 100, 200 limit hold'em. I had played this player many times before on my old Betfair account, which was named Woe Big Wave. I was losing during this match and ended up making two more $5,000 deposits for a total of 15000 during the match and ended, losing, ended up losing $9,497 97, in 122 hands when XBuddha42 quit. So he did pretty poorly. In 122 hands, he lost uh, over 9K. Almost 9,500. I was out Saturday, then tried to log in Sunday, and got the message that my account is currently inactive and to contact customer support for further assistance. I emailed support and was told my account was closed by their poker provider, and he's wondering if that's on game, for breaking their terms and conditions. After a few emails back and forth, they finally stated my account was closed for chip dumping. The final email stated that they will be confiscating the remaining... 5900 in my account. My play in the match was totally standard, and there was definitely no chip dumping. I don't know the player XBuddha42 at all, except as an opponent I played a lot on Betfair. Chip dumping doesn't even make sense, since I deposited from money bookers and could have presumably just sent XBuddha42 the money on money bookers if I wanted to give him money. So what he's saying is, chip dumping you only do if you want to you know, get money you already have on the site over to another player. He's saying, look, I could have sent this guy money on money bookers since I, I kept depositing on money bookers and then losing to him. I, I, I could have not chip dumped. I could have just sent him the money legally on money bookers. Either the site doesn't understand poker and its swings at all, and anytime someone wins or loses a lot there, which is what happens at high stakes, it's, quote, investigated someone by, by someone completely incompetent, or the site is just flat out stealing money. Um... Druff knows me and has posted in the uh, 2 plus 2 thread before they deleted it, I guess, for being in the wrong forum. It's now in the less read internet and high stakes limit forums now. So basically, uh, he lost 9500 bucks or so quickly to a guy at 100-200 limit, and then the site closed his account and stole his remaining $5,900, accusing him of chip dumping. So he actually lost and has his, had his money confiscated for, quote, chip dumping. Not even like he won. It's not even like they confiscated the money he won that they thought was a chip dump. They're, they actually took his remaining money that they thought he didn't dump yet. So, after making a stink about this on 2 plus 2 and here, I presume more of 2 plus 2, uh, BetSafe, someone there, posted on 2 plus 2. First, I would like to apologize for any inconvenience you your above-stated situation has caused and also the below-par replies you've been given so far. To clarify, BetSafe do not always look into these cases. We look, we work as we work alongside and rely on our software provider for numerous anti-fraud, collusion, and chip dumping tools and control methods. In your particular case, it seems our software provider OnGame has taken action based upon a few issues that related to your account that were highly suspicious. I will not provide the full information here due to the sensitivity, but BetSafe will email it to you separately. After I saw this thread, I spotted your frustration and wholly believed your case. I then raised to our software provider and they have admitted they have made a rare mistake and have subsequently unblocked your account with full balance available. 
I would like to sincerely apologize for any inconveniences this caused you. would like to highlight this as an extremely rare case and honest human error on our behalf of our software provider. It is never Beth Safe's nor OnGame's intention to ever withhold any amount of money for any player for our own gain. Our integrity is absolutely paramount, and we strive to ensure this is never compromised. I assure you this will not happen again. As a goodwill gesture, we have credited you with... How much did they give him? How much? One million dollars. Now, then I think he'd be pretty happy. He actually received 100 euros. So, his account was reopened. That was a real BetSafe uh, representative. But look, I don't know if I believe him. He posted to 2 plus 2 only after they were not able to uh, reopen his account. Had he emailed them back and forth and, and they said, sorry, mistake, your account's reopened, he would not have done this. He wouldn't have posted that message. He posted that message as a final resort when they stated to him after a few emails back and forth that they are confiscating the remaining money, period, done, end of conversation. Now suddenly, when he posted 2 plus 2, the BetSafe guy comes out and says, Oh, sorry, we made a rare mistake, and it was OnGame's fault, not ours. It's the network that did it, not us. We convinced the network to reopen your account, and your money's back, and everything's cool, and here's 100 euros. So a lot of people congratulated BetSafe, and they're like, Oh, BetSafe, great, great support, great service, thanks, wow, you guys are good. I don't believe it. I think this was a theft. I don't know if he was on game trying to steal, bet safe, or both. But definitely they were trying to steal. And the reason I know they were trying to steal is that when he protested, they did not intervene until he brought it to the forums. When he wrote to them and said, hey, I didn't chip dump. Show me evidence that I chip dumped. I want to see the evidence. I want you to prove that I chip dump before you take my money. You have no evidence. They said, F you, we're taking your money. Tough luck. Decision's final. Go away. Well, then he makes the big stink about it on the forum. Well, now BetSafe, or on game, or both, decide, oh no, yeah, we got $5,900 out of this guy, but this is probably going to cost us more than $5,900 in bad PR. So, let's change this into good PR, let the poor chump have his money back, and act like this is a rare mistake, and, and we were on the ball with uh, you know fixing this problem. I think it was a free roll. I think it was the sort of thing where they take the money away, and if he suffers in silence, they keep his money. If he makes a big stink about it in public, then they, quote, made a rare mistake and give it back. I guess it's possible he was dealing with some sort of monkey at the on-game network who uh, just refused to listen to reason and then got the attention of the BetSafe people through his forum posts who then intervened. I guess that's possible. But in that case, this is not a rare mistake, but a major flaw in on-game's process. So it doesn't really matter if the flaw is an on-game's process because they have terrible security and confiscate people's money unfairly and keep it for themselves. It doesn't matter if that's the problem at the network level or if the skin itself is somehow uh, in cahoots with on-game to steal money from its own players. Or maybe BetSafe itself is the one that alerted on game to this so they could steal. Who knows? But whatever it is, there's something very broken here, and I don't believe this is a rare mistake. 
A rare mistake is something that happens and when you're alerted to it, then you fix it. When you're alerted to it several times and you tell the guy F you and give him the finger until it's taken public, that's not a rare mistake. That's an attempt at theft. Or at the very least, it's such poor customer service that you're willing to confiscate someone's money without really knowing you're doing it uh, for good reason. Awful. So, watch out with the on-game network. Any skin on there. And I've always said these small sites, sometimes the games are best there, but you really got to watch out. You really should never keep a large bankroll exactly for that reason. They can confiscate it at any time for any reason, and usually the ending is not as happy as that. And a lot of times, they uh, they go down. They just run out of money and disappear. So, let me get to the last topic, and then we're going to shut this show down. The New York Times had an article about the Limit Hold'em bot. I've talked about the Limit Hold'em bot before. Um, let me get to the thread about this. Guess it's, should have had that up too, but as usual, producing the show as it goes up, goes on. So, uh, this machine is called Texas Hold'em Heads Up. It's manufactured by IGT, which is a huge uh, gambling machine company. Make a lot of video poker, slot machines, etc. Uh, but IGT, you know, it, it's branded IGT, but it's actually a separate company that made it. A six-page article, very interesting read, on the, uh, by uh, the New York Times regarding this Texas Hold'em bot. And I played it a whole lot in 2012 and the beginning of 2013. Logged a lot of hands against this thing. As did Brandon, the former co-host of this show. As did many others in the Limit Hold'em community. Uh, what was interesting about this article is that they revealed a few things for the first time. First of all, they revealed that you know the suspicion that the bot has quote several personalities is true. That is, the bot doesn't always play the same style. It uh, uh, rotates between uh, a really really tough style, kind of a, a a medium style, and a very passive weak style, which they expect most people to beat. The reason that passive weak style is in there is not just to throw you off so you can't develop a good strategy against it. The main reason for the passive style is to give you a chance. The designer of the bot said that they put in the passive personality that shows up every so often. Not sure what percentage of the time, but I did notice it myself where sometimes the bot will be very passive and easy to play. That they do this so players, good and bad, feel like they have a shot at it. They felt that without including this passive personality, which is essentially throwing the game, that it would crush everyone so hard that no one would want to play it. That they actually felt that it was more profitable in the long run to let people think they had a chance by letting them have some winning sessions by having that passive personality show up every so often. But not often enough to where you can just play during that passive personality and never any other time. And the passive personality may not be a personality that sticks there for a long time. It could be a personality that sticks for three hands and goes back. It could go for one hand. They didn't say how long it sticks around. Uh, they also said, and, and I knew this as well anyway, that the bot was programmed with a neural network 
and the way it's done is it actually played itself. Like for like a billion hands, it played itself heads up and tried to find ways to exploit itself. Sounds weird, but uh, it's easier to think about this way. Let's say I could make a carbon copy of you. Everything the same. Same memories, same flaws, same strengths, everything the same. Exact carbon copy of you. And I sat the two of you down at a poker table, heads up, and said, okay, play each other. Well, your first thought would be, hmm, I know all this guy's moves, so it's just going to be easy. But then again, he's going to think that about you too. He knows all your moves. So you're going to be trying to exploit each other from what you know about each other. And if you notice your other self has a weakness as an opponent that you never noticed as being yourself. Because, you know, being yourself as a player and playing against yourself are two different things. And you may notice a flaw playing yourself that you may not notice being yourself playing when yourself is the opponent. So that's what the bot's doing. When the bot notices something about itself as an opponent that's exploitable, then it corrects it. And it runs it through a billion hands because, you know, it can play these at... uh, Amazing speed, since it's dealing virtual cards, and it doesn't have to click buttons or anything. It can just play at, uh, it can play, I don't know how many hands per second, but just tons of hands per second. It can run through a billion hands in not that long of a time, and keep perfecting its strategy against itself. Now, there can still be some flaws in the strategy, because it's still a bot versus a bot, and that is not a perfect simulation of a human. So... The original version of the bot um, was easier, and then they upgraded it after they ran it, th- you know, pr- ran some more simulations, whatever. They improved it, and the upgraded version, everyone agrees, is very tough. Now, in my play versus the bot, I noticed the following. Th- these are some of the weaknesses it had. It's easier to trap than a human opponent. For example, I pulled off many triple check raises. You know how hard it is to pull off a triple check raise on a human opponent? A lot of human opponents can't be triple check raised just for the humiliation factor alone. That if you double check raise someone, which is already kind of hard, that when it gets to the river, if you check again, they're probably not betting just out of the fear you're going to triple check raise and they'll be embarrassed. But a bot never gets embarrassed. And a bot does not have, you know, it it can have the memory that you check raised it, but uh, um, the bot, even though it's, it's not allowed by Nevada gaming law to learn from you between hands, I mean, you can't analyze the previous hands you play and change the way it plays, but it can analyze your play during the hand. So it actually could decide to play differently based upon the fact that you just check-raised the flop and now you're on the turn, but for some reason it was not that hard to pull off multiple check-raises on it. Here was a spot I check-raised the thing all the time. Let's say I had ace-4, and the flop came queen-4-4, four, four, and it did 3-bet-me-pre-flop. Um... Or did raise preflop? Let's say it raised preflop on the button, and I just called with ace four. The flop's queen four four, so I have trips. Um, if I check raise it, and it calls, I might try to check raise the turn too. If it bets the turn, I'll check raise it again. It'll call if it has something, and then the river, I'll check raise it again, and it'll call, and it'll often show down something like kings or ace queen. It'll let me check raise it three times in the same hand without even having some really strong hand. It's not like it had king four and I triple check raised it 
I've triple chased, check raised it in that spot when it has ace queen. So uh, that's a spot you can tr- triple check raise it. I just learned some of these spots. A human you could never do this to, unless he's really out to lunch. It also errs on the side of calling down rather than tight folding. So it does make some really good folds every so often. That's programmed to like randomly fold every so often. And people on two plus two posted these crazy hands where it folds like the second nut flush to the nut flush and things like that. But that's very very uncommon. For the most part, it calls down way too much. Way too much calling down with king high, queen high. I've even seen it call down with nine high in a really dumb spot to call down nine high. Not even like a double paired board. Uh, so I've seen it call down super light, commonly. So for that reason, I don't try to bluff it. Or at least not very much. I can't say I never bluff it, but you have to go easy on the bluffing if you want to beat it. If you try to overbluff the thing, it's going to call you down, and you're going to lose over and over to ace and king high. There's a lot of other subtle strategies I won't bother to discuss here, but uh, I've watched many fellow limit players try to beat this thing, and they got crushed. And these are good players. These are guys I wouldn't want to play heads up. But when it comes to playing the bot, they would treat the bot like a human opponent... And the bot's not a human opponent. It's a completely different opponent than a human opponent. And I've watched heads-up players who are better heads-up players than me play very poorly against the bot, even after a lot of experience against it, because they're trying to match aggression with aggression, and that's just not the right way to handle the bot. You can't intimidate the bot. You can't make the bot scared to lose money. Nothing. The bot calls down a lot. So if you bluff a lot, it's going to eat you alive. Anyway, I stopped playing this bot very much after early 2013 when they did away with a lot of the uh, comps and tier credits you would get from playing it. Because you know, from playing this bot, you could earn a lot of uh, good stuff from the casino. It was it was comped at the same level as video poker, and you would earn things very fast because the money would go in very quickly. You know, you're playing 2040. Every time you, you hit the bet button, you're betting 20 or $40. So let's say you're like an even player with the bot, you could just feed in a ton of money to that thing. When I say feed in, I don't mean physically feed in, but you could have the same $500 you're cycling through over and over and over again, and all of a sudden you've, you've cycled in uh, 100k, and you, you have credit for playing 100k coin in. Now you've earned a whole lot of points, and, and you've uh, earned a lot of comps, earned a lot of high tier, and uh, you know it was definitely worth it to do it. But uh, they've done away with that just about everywhere. In fact, not just, just about everywhere. I think everywhere has done away with it. Also, it's just a lot harder now than it used to be. Now, they, the article also revealed they're coming out with a new version of this bot. It has been taken out of Caesars, it's been taken out of Rio, but they claim a new version's coming up with a different branding, but the same intelligence, called Play the WSOP Best Heads Up, or something like that, where you'll actually be playing Phil Hellmuth and Johnny Chan and other famous players you'll see a picture of them on the screen and they'll be your opponent rather than just like a computer. And it'll have little animations like uh, when there's a lot of betting and raising, Phil Hellmuth will put on his sunglasses and dumb things like that. That's what what I read in the article. So that's to be more appealing. So this way, uh, instead of uh, in, instead of you're playing a machine heads up, you're playing Phil Hellmuth heads up. So it's a gimmick. But in reality, it's not imitating Phil Hellmuth play. It's just uh, it's playing its own way, just showing a picture of Phil Hellmuth playing. Kind of dumb. 
But uh, I felt the most interesting thing there was the fact that they actually make it lose to give you a chance. In the article, there was a Mike Reed from Pittsburgh who was quoted, and that's uh, Reggie Man, former owner of Donk Down, former Neverwin Poker member. A lot of you people know him. He did play a lot against the bot. He showed me, actually, a spreadsheet he had showing that he did very well at 1020 playing the bot, but did very poorly playing 2040. The article seems to imply he's up a lot against the bot. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if he told them that. I don't know if he's uh, has different results than what he reported to me. He never told me what his overall results are against the bot, but uh, from what he showed me, which I just looked at very quickly, he was way up at 1020 against it and way down against in 2040. And we did determine 2040 was likely higher than 1020. Uh, so h- Harder, that is. I don't know if I said higher, but harder than 1020. So that might explain it. But um, the designer of the bot actually said that he doesn't believe that guys like Mike Reed can beat the bot in the long term. He thinks they're just running well. Now, Brandon did very well against the bot. He did better than I did. I think he did better than anyone. But uh, how much of that was running well and how much of that was Brandon being better than everyone? I don't know. Brandon was very good against the bot and uh, you know we talked about strategy and he really he really had it down. I mean, he really understood it very well, and he, he was a great player against the bot. I'm not taking anything away from Brandon. Um, but uh, he did run very well, and he'll, he'll probably be the first to tell you that. So I think it was both. He ran well and played very well, which is always a great combination in poker. Uh, but, you know, uh, the designer of the bot insists that uh, pretty much everyone's going to lose against it, given enough time. And if they remove that Passive personality, then everyone would especially lose to it. And call you on the air. Yep, another great call. A lot of good calls tonight. Hangups, funny voices. I'm glad I'm answering the phone. So. I suggest you read the article if you have any interest, even if you're not a Limit Hold'em player. It's a really interesting read if you have any interest at all in like artificial intelligence and, and how a bot could be made to compete with humans. The whole thing is really an interesting read. It's uh, The link is on the Flying Stupidity Forum. The thread is called Big Article About Casino Limit Hold'em Bot. And it's on page two right now of the Flying Stupidity Forum. Six-page article. Nice read, and uh, you know, maybe I'll give the new version a try when uh, I get to play against Johnny Chan or Phil Helmuth, but I think that'll annoy me more than anything. But if it plays anything like the last version of the bot I faced, uh, I probably won't play it very long because uh, that was a very tough opponent. Very tough. Though I, I did think I, I, I got some strategies down, like the triple check raise and other things. I, I think I figured out a number of things that are profitable to do against it. Many of which uh, others did not figure out, like the triple check raise. Very few people pulled that off with regularity like I did when I talked to other players who played it. So I was proud of that one. Some other idiosyncrasies I figured out that uh, seemed to be weaknesses. But, uh, you know, other times I see it just making really good moves, and some moves I can't even explain. Some moves where it makes great folds. Uh, it just always seems to know when to bluff me. And other, you know, the, I was surprised at how good it was at bluffing me. 
how good it was at making river raised bluffs, how good it was at making uh, river bluffs when we've been checking the whole way. It was a lot better bluffer than I was, I'll tell you that. And that's probably from a billion hands of experience. So. It was interesting to see an article about that bot when there was very little known about it other than from a few conversations people had with the developer over time. But think about that. A limit hold'em bot that they actually have intentionally lose for some period of time so you'll feel you could beat it. And you know, that's basically the hallmark of all Las Vegas casino games. That's why the odds are against you, but not brutally against you in most cases. That's why you have winning sessions at any given Las Vegas casino game. Because if it was almost certain that you'd lose every session, it would not be fun. You would not enter with any hope. There's a certain perfect setting for every game in Vegas to where it's easy enough to win to where you can have short-term wins sometimes, but hard enough to where the casino can expect that even after a short time, you're almost guaranteed to lose. And that's what they want. They want you to have the hope of winning with a very little chance of winning even in the short run. So, unless I get any real calls tonight, that's going to be it with the show. I think we covered some important topics tonight. I think we got some good phone calls. No, actually, we didn't. We got some terrible phone calls tonight. And uh, I guess that's it. So uh, we're going to be back next week, as usual, on September 17th. Tomorrow is September 11th, the 12-year anniversary of the September 11th attacks. We didn't talk about that at all, but... Wow, 12 years. The amazing thing is that kids who are 11 years old were not even born when September 11th, 2001 occurred. Can you believe that? A few years of kids will be in high school without having even lived through 9-11 as a baby. Like my son Benjamin, he was born uh, nine years after that history to him. So, uh, as I said, we'll be back next week. Thank you very much, everybody who listened live, everybody who listened in the archives, and thank you to everybody who donated to the free roll, including Seriously Serious, who gave that last place money. And if you haven't sent me the money yet that is for the free roll, please send it to me, the people who donated, that is. Maybe next week we will have a co-host, maybe next week we will have some quality phone calls. Maybe next week I will hook up my little thing to be able to tell caller ID through the spoof cards. And then I'll call back the person who's pranking this show. Maybe even give out his number on the air if he continues to do it so much. You never know what'll happen here on Poker Frawler Radio, the Drop and Friend show. So uh, we will try to call next week to the hotel. I know the story will be a week older, but I'll load up my Skype. I'll break out the Jew wallet, break out that credit card, and buy some Skype credit so I can make a call to the hotel. Truth is, the story is almost a week old now anyway, so it's not like it's super current anyway. So 
Until next time, Todd Dandruff will tell us here for Poker Fraud Alert Radio. Wishing you a week of not getting cheated, not getting scammed, not getting defrauded in the world of poker or gambling or anywhere else. And if you do, I will be here to tell the world about it and make it right for you. Good night. Shalom. <laughs>